Um, welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast. Welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast. Um, where we talk about nothing and everything. No, we have a very special guest. Oh, we have a very, very special guest. <laughs> I I say that I don't say that every episode, but Almost. I. I no, say it. True. I say it whenever we have a very, very special, special guest. Because <laughs> I did. It's Pej. Do we do last? What's your? Oh, just Pej. Pej. Okay, cool. Keep it. I mean, if I said the whole name, keep, it's long as fuck. Keep so. it tight. Oh, really? Yeah. A fist away. I, um, I mean, yeah. look. Whatever you want to do, or whatever you want to say. I don't know if you want to protect your anonymity, or no, I don't want to protect my anonymity. Okay, so you're good. Um. Uh, so yeah, Pej is a. Um, he had me on his podcast. He's a. You want to just tell us a little bit about like how we would label you? Who I'm, you I'm are? A man of recovery. Clo- a little closer. Closer. Is this good? Yeah. I'm. I'm just a man in recovery. Fourteen plus years sober. Uh, very active in many different recovery circles. Mm. Uh, I'm in AA. I'm in. Uh, uh, very active down in L.A. and Orange County. Owner of Sober Livings. Um, very structured. I got really so, uh, extremely really. Oh yeah, and I got sober in that type of environment too. Where I got sober at a place called it, back then it was called New Life, but it, not the New Life that we know of. Oh really? It was another dude. It was a Persian guy because I'm Persian. And I went to go make the Persian mother happy, and um, he had he had worked in Discovery House, the original Discovery House. Not like Discovery. Not the one that's there now. Well, no. Like, so, like, I graduated from Discovery, yes. but it was next to Liberty House. That Discovery. Yeah. He was like the program director. Really? Yeah. That's where I went. His name was Siamak. He was this Persian dude, little. My, huh. He's my recovery. Okay, guy. so I was there 16 years ago. So it, was he. No, I think. This was way before that. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's he worked at Brockman. He's just a good dude. He's my angel. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but he kicked my ass. I mean, truly. And mm. I met him five years before. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. But by the time I ended up at his doorstep. Uh, you met him five years before you got sober? Yeah, because he had another sober living five years before that down in Huntington Beach. And uh, I didn't. Mm. I wasn't done. I, wasn't, I didn't want to get sober yet. I was 30 years old, fresh out of jail, went... To his house, checked out this other house. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not standing. Yo, do you think you guys could keep it down, Caleb, or maybe just close the door? Sorry, it's um, you know, you got, you know, so newly sober guys living in my sober living that are working to set this up, so it can be frustrating sometimes. But Caleb's learning a lot. I mean, he sets all this up. Yeah, he's, he's still in the house. He's the number one. He's the top guy on the board. Oh yeah, Caleb. Yeah, we're stoked. Do you guys have a board? We do. Yeah. We have boards for meetings, boards for chores. Board, yeah, we got it all. Like white, like big whiteboards? Big whiteboards, yeah. For chores? For sure. Huh. <laughs> the wheels are spinning. Yeah, bro. well, because I'm like, we have like, you know, um, like, you know, laminated sheets and stuff. You guys are doing it big out here. I love this. This is a nice setup. I love what yeah. I see. Yeah, we're really blessed. Uh to have this house and um i mean it's 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 uh it's it's uh kind of a lot to start with so far so good right eight months in and already 
already it's structured. I mean, I, I see it. Yeah. I was talking with somebody today that the second they heard your name, they said, a co-ed sober living. How does that work? And I said, well, I have a co-ed sober living. Oh, you do? And it works. Is it stru- and it's structured? It's structured. Oh, wow. That's funny. But wow. I would have probably been against that before until I was doing some life coaching, sober coaching for a trans individual that was a female identifying as male. But when I was going to bring that person in, I said, I can't bring you into, into a male house. He's still got female parts. So we just, there was a whole other wing that we created a women's side. Then I had to get a woman's house manager because mm. how are you going to test this person, right? Like, right. I still have a dick. So, yeah. So, but it all worked. The person never even lasted there. But then all of a sudden we had all these girls that moved in. and, and Oh, wow. It works. And you're so making it, it work. this was an evolution. You didn't plan it. It just happened. Absolutely. Mm. It manifested itself without even... Well, we, we, we literally just had a, a couple. I mean, they, we didn't know they were a couple, but uh-huh. we knew they were spending a lot of time together. Right. And um, we kind of were trying to deal with that and, 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 and stop put a stop to that, but they left together. Did they meet here? Or? Yeah. Okay. And they, and they started getting closer and closer and closer. And I mean, you think it's bound to happen sometimes, right? Yeah. You don't want it to happen, but it happens. The girl was like, you know, she was like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much yeah. because they're gone. But um, yeah, it's just it's too bad. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, they'll stay sober. God willing. Yeah, and then um, we just had another person leave yesterday. We just had three people leave, so it's I been kind of. I just saw that other person. I was a little shocked. I just said, "Hi, how you doing? You haven't seemed to be very happy lately." Can, can you talk into the mic? Or sorry, I was chewing, so oh, I put okay. the mic away. I just saw that other person. I was a little bit shocked. At Starbucks. No, just right here in the driveway, just right now. Really? Yeah, and I was like, I noticed she had been sad lately, and I just said, hey, what's up? You've been kind of bummed lately, and then she told me in the news. I was like, oh, good luck. I Mm. hope you stay sober and whatever. Yeah. What, did they just move out? (sighs) Um. Yeah, we we just, you know, yesterday, I mean, we're, we're kind of rowing this way, and they were rowing that way and I can't have someone rowing the wrong way on the right. boat, you know? I, I mean, in the beginning maybe, but like after like being here for like four or five months, six months, it's like, that's the, 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 the those were the, the, the people that just recently left. So do you want, so, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I want to apologize. Why? Just for how my podcast went. Because I feel like I was worried about the focus and just kind of all over the place. I think you did fine. Okay, cool. Well, somebody wrote something. Somebody said something to me. I can't remember if it was live or in a comment or something about like you weren't even focused. So I'm hearing like a, a clicking, like a like one of the phones. Like, can we put our phones like a, a, away from the mic because it's making like a um, it makes like a um, you can hear like the transmission. It's like, <laughs> um, someone said you were just focused on the, the whole time you were worried about the focus and you weren't even doing the podcast, but that's why I wanted to, one of the reasons I wanted to have you over so we could just kind of like talk and there's no time limit on this one. Nice. And, uh, we'll hopefully get some clips from it that will, um, actually be seen. By it's mo- not live though, right? No. But um, no, but we it won't we, be we don't. Edited, though, so whatever you say is going to end up on the. I don't mind. Yeah, we don't edit it, but the 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 clips get you know, 
seen. The podcast gets listened to in its entirety by like a much smaller amount of people, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, if we make some cool little clips, and I'm just gonna be curious about. I'm a curious person, so but I'm gonna wonder about your culture, why you are who you are, mm-hmm. where you came from. That's just my always interest. Let's, I so like I'm going to ask you Hit those it. questions, probably. Sure. That's cool. Do oh, it, of course bro. I'm cool about it. Yeah. So I'm Persian, born mm. in Germany. Uh, where are you? Hey, quiet. <laughs> that dog is something, man, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's that's Billy's blue healer. We, we Yeah, they're like pretty protective. Yes, they are. I, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, I'm Persian. I was born in Germany, but uh, we moved to the States when I was five years old, to Salt Lake City, Utah. Why Germany? Germany, because my parents met there. They're both Persian, but they met in Germany. and uh, they Like have, college or something? Or? Yeah, my dad was in the institute there, and he was, he was a scientist. He was studying to become a scientist. And my mom, uh, she was going to school for other stuff too, but they, they met there. They met in Germany. They had my sister and I. So you guys were born there, and then you moved here. We moved here when I was five. We'd gone to Iran for like four and a half months, but... Uh, my mom and dad decided. Okay, to I'm I'm really dumb. So most Persians live in Iran. Is that the is that like where the culture come? That's where the culture comes from, correct? Originally, it was Persia, and then it changed its name to Iran in like the Iran. 30s, 1930s. Oh, so not that long ago. Yeah, not that long ago. So it was Persia in the night. It was Persia Shh. before. Yes. Shh. An apple. Can you stop that, or you're going. Is there an apple anywhere? Quiet. Any kind of. I've been like really having trouble finding time to eat today. I was like eating during. We just did our sermon on the Mount meeting, and Pej um, attended that. What a great meeting! Actually, I want to like kind of touch on some of the stuff that we were talking about in the meeting. But yeah, so Persian, yeah, like I'm really stupid when it comes to a lot of this stuff too. So Iran, Iraq. Um, and there's Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, at one time those were all part of the Persian Empire, but then that was way back, way way back. But you know, all those, the wars and everything, and people trying to, you know, what we talked about in Sermon of the Mount, barbaric people mm. to overtaking countries, and so, so 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 what's happening right now? Oh, there's always drama over there. It's horrible. But like, what's happening right now as it relates to us and there over there? I haven't really been following the news because, but my my dad likes to protest and shit. They yeah. basically, my dad would like for the regime, the current regime, to be overthrown, and it's probably unrealistic. I mean, forty years ago, I think we're probably in the same age, but mm-hmm. forty 51. years ago, um, you know, there was the Shah of Iran, which was the king mm-hmm. of Iran, and then he was overthrown. You know, when when the mullahs came in, all the these people that uh, that call themselves Islamic, they came and took over and basically took the country backwards. They were becoming westernized, but they they took it backwards and just fucked up the, everything. So, so so like, and and you're talking about Iran, Iran, yeah, Iran. So so, and this is totally different from Iraq. Yeah, they're two different countries. No, now. I, I know that, but yeah. like they're they're not. None of this didn't happen to Iraq or uh, Afghanistan. I mean, what happened to Iraq We're happened, happened for a history lesson now. Happened much later. I mean, at that time, if you remember, Iran and Iraq were at war with each other. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, if you go any deeper than that, like they were being supplied by America, America with right, the right. weapons to fight each other. But then they were both being supplied. 
by yes. America? Yeah. yeah. By Bush? No, way before that. This well, is during like the Reagan era. Right. And why? I mean, there's oil over there, you know. But oh, but 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 so but so what, how would it be- hold on, so hold they on. Could come in? But yeah, how would it benefit us to give both sides weapons? Cuz they'd be at war and then we could come in and save them and then we have control or some Damn. some bullshit, right? Oh. Which then happened much later if you remember Yo. when when Bush GW became president. What, yeah, I'm so out of it. I mean, you, dude, but it's I, yeah. so like that's it. It yeah. makes sense to me. Now, now the good thing is, is because I was born in Germany, my mom took us to Iran when I was four and a half, contemplating should I raise my kids in Iran. And had that happened, we'd have a whole different page. Well, I probably wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, probably would have had to be in the military there. I'm so fucking happy that we came to America. Oh my God. But but of all places that we came, we fucking land in Salt Lake city, Utah. Hmm. I was there for 10 years of my life amongst many Mormons. Uh, What literally one of my favorite places. It's awesome. I mean, it's a great place to visit. What's so cool about it? Um, Park city, Utah. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. But like, it's just like fucking clean. And you know, what's that? Like that, that place, like where you walk, like there's all the stores in Park City, in par- like downtown. It's Park just City? Park, City. Yeah, it's Park City, and you just walk, and you can eat and shop, and it's beautiful ski, and you know, you know that you know that painting I, or that photo I have of the horse in my living room. You got it there. I got it there. Park City's awesome. It's so it's one it's of our favorite cool places vibe, to go. Huh? Yeah, really, it's cool just a vibe. cool vibe. And like, yeah, I, I you know, there's like these really cool Indian stores, and like I also heard Mormons are really nice. They're, they're nice. Yeah. They're Until nice. you like cross them, or just I don't know. I, I actually I don't know. I'm sure they're. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I know was... if you think of history, they were they were scary in history, right? Like they sure. came here, they had guns, they were they weren't messing around, right? Really? Well, they were their own movement. Joseph Smith, he, he mm. kind of wrote his own book based off of his beliefs. And some shenanigans. It's some polygamy shit. <laughs> that and like the no, golden the golden tablet are. God talked to him and yeah. I'm sorry about Chaco. I don't know what his problem is. Oh, it's okay. Can you move We're gonna get him out. Of his problem is like you let him like, just. Chaco, come on. Chaco trains you. <laughs> you don't train Chaco. Are you hearing all this without headphones? Yeah, yeah. You don't need them. Yeah. I mean, it's it it's kind of nice to have them. Totally. Um. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, um, he'll he'll he's kind of like the in, in, inquisitor or like the question guy. I like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you you were we we were talking about some some really cool stuff in the Sermon on the Mount meeting, and we'll and we'll, we'll probably come back to the um the the background stuff but mm-hmm. um billy just went up to uh i don't want him to bite somebody i don't know if he will or not he can bite me well i think he might have bought did, didn't he bite he bit me earlier didn't he bite really? mikey yeah, he nipped the back of my leg but i'm used to that really, really? it was either him or the other dog there's there's two healers uh-huh yeah but the was, other healer it was the other one what other one it was tig really I mean, it wasn't even that bad. It was like 
quick nip. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, they're playing. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's like a friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love all dogs, so it doesn't bother me. I have three of them myself. But Billy, you said something that brought me to where I needed to be tonight. Um, it was uh, uh, when you said it. It was just like, oh man, in the moment, in the present moment, be in the moment. What'd you say? About life? You yeah, mean? well, we were reading about being in the moment, and then you... Well, you said that it's all all, all moment is now. I mean, it's all now. all time. Yeah, before I shared, you shared, and it was just so on point. About the life and multitude of life, and that it shouldn't exist. Yes. It does, because yes. of probability. Yes, yes. So deep. And, and I remember hearing it, wanting to bring it up in the podcast. So say that, all that shit again. Uh. <laughs> really well that's just a personal thing but no it's not dude it's you're alan, listening to jordan peterson on the way here oh alan watts oh alan watts it. yeah alan watts has this quote where it's uh like life is so rare and improbable it should have never happened but yet we're living in it and and just that alone is a reason to have gratitude because we are alive and then you started it's, talking about it's, like it's a phenomena and then you started talking about the multitude like, of life, the Goldilocks zone. The, what the fuck is the Goldilocks zone? That's where our planet is. So any our distance from the sun is the Goldilocks zone. It's the only place life could exist as far as we know. And the atmosphere, the oxygen burns all the stuff that bombards us constantly or we would be dead. And there's just so many things. The the microscopic world is huge. It dominates everything. It's within us. There's more microscopic dna within us than human dna without that balance we'd be dead without plants there'd be no atmosphere we'd be dead there's just so many little hairpin things keeping life happening so improbable so ridiculous but so kind of interesting and awe-inspiring if you think how it's all piled on each other and interacting at all times Uh, yeah so it's just for me if i wasn't so obsessed with self and creating problems, I'd probably be in this kind of awe, peaceful, sort of grateful state. But we were talking about how we create our own problems. Mm-hmm. Our troubles are of our own making. Of our own That's making. what you'd say. That's what it says. Uh, it's just like, just what if like enough. you're, what if you're not going to make enough money this month? To cover. I probably am not going to make enough money. So how the fuck are we supposed to not worry about that? Or like at least be in some fear about because, that? Because no, because fucking God is going to work it out, bro. He does. In the 11th hour, not ahead of time. And even if, even if you don't, somebody's going to loan you some money and then next month you'll make up for it. It's not going to, it's not worth wasting your life, which is now. To worry about some shit that's we don't even really know. It's like a, it's a fantasy of what might happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could also go the other way. You could lose half your clients, and then you'd really be Resident. fucked. Residents. Residents. Sorry. That's what I call them too. Yeah. I mean, it's all fantasy. well because we're not a, a treatment center. Yeah. yeah, we're not a treatment. But center. wait, you have a treatment center though. No, I don't have a treatment center. 
Oh, but you have a license. I'm licensing one of my homes for detox residential, which then will become like a treatment center. Yes. Right. You're licensing it. And that's the first time, you know, I've been working for so many other places in the last so many years that I'm finally doing it myself. So how many beds can you have in there? Six when it's state licensed. Huh. For one address. That's just not enough. Well, I mean... For me. It's a whole different animal. I know, I know. You know. I just, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. It's just not enough people. I want, like, the community to be able to, like, work together and thrive together. I don't know why. Well, that's why I have the sober livings, because of that, that. Yeah. What you're talking you about. You love that, huh? I love it. Yeah. If you, I mean, you, you see miracles. Yeah. You know? What do you love about it? <clears throat> you know what I love? I'll be honest, like, especially more recently with this whole fentanyl craze that's going on. I love seeing kids that are so addicted to this shit uh, when their parents send me pictures of them overdosing or video footage of them literally overdosing. Mm. And they get to our house and they've been to countless treatment centers and they've been incarcerated, they've been homeless. But when they show up to our front doorstep and they come into the house, when we when they learn, I mean, it doesn't just happen right away, right away but when they learn the culture of what we do within the house, the accountability, the recovery, They've never. They've been to all these treatment centers. They never had a sponsor. They never worked, worked steps. They've sat in front of tons of therapists. But I love watching when they come, and and their peers hold them accountable as well as the management and me. The transformation of of them, like the the evolution of their recovery, watching it from day one, and then seeing them get into the process of the steps, get into. Uh, surrendering, get into praying, meditating, all these things. And they never believed in anything outside of themselves. They were consumed. And on top of that, they're doing a drug that, that you know, I mean, back in the day, we didn't do drugs that would kill you in five seconds. They're yeah, doing a drug. think about it now with fentanyl, wow. you're most likely saving that person's life if they stick around. Absolutely, because so many of them die that if you can actually break them their ego down a little bit to the point where they can come into what we do around here, then the what I live for is to see them become fine specimen of men and women, just people that are doing the deal, that are then sponsoring people, that are you know back in the mainstream of life, that are working, that are loving their lives, that are surrendered. Like what, to the point where you know, like this dude is not in relapse mode, based off of his character and who he's now mm. become, the the actual human being he was meant to be. Rather than the facade that he was caught up in, that's that's what I live for. Yeah, that and shit. that's wonderful. But how, how often does that happen, Caleb? Mm. That that's the soundbite that I want to use for TikTok. I'm I'm telling you through the camera when you edit this that that's the soundbite I want to put on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he just talked about like you know what he likes about the sober living, <laughs> the process of sober living and. Yeah, like oh, I the, thought you were going to use him as an example because he's one. He's, good, no, he's like, a pretty good example. Yeah, of that. he is. He yeah. is. He's. But like, yeah. You yeah. ask. You ask me how often does that happen, right? Yeah. If we can keep them with us long enough to where they can actually take this this culture within this house on into their new life, which is actually the life they're supposed to be living, mm-hmm. it can happen. Um, I mean, I don't even like percentages, but like, just stick around. A lot of people jump ship. Yeah, that's what I want to. That's what I want to highlight is that I don't think people understand. Like, most of the people, from my experience with this house at least, 
are not going to graduate who come to the house. Mm-hmm. But, I, I but they will, some of them, more, more than the graduate will stay sober. If they graduate, I think it's, they're way, they're, I think it would probably be like 80, 80. 80%? Yeah. Yeah. What's the graduate? Is it after a year? Is that usually what it is? I mean, yeah. I, I, you could probably say, like, I mean, we actually haven't even had one yet because we haven't even been open been for open a year. Been open for a year, yeah. But yeah. Caleb's been here since we opened, and he's got what? Uh, coming up on nine months. It's amazing. So he's coming up on nine, and he's, you know. But, uh, but I mean, just people don't, you know, people leave. And, and, and then the craziest and the other crazy part about, like, the addict, alcoholic kind of personality is when when they leave it's it's really hard to not like want to like demonize the house to justify your leaving mm-hmm. right yeah. so so like you're gonna have more people like i don't know for lack of a better word like talking shit i mean i watched it with the person who just left she came left came left and I know yeah. I almost I can't say I know, but in her head she's thinking it's the house, right now anyway. Probably. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. And then like they, they but she wanted to come back and she came back. It's just hard, dude. It's hard. Like it's I know, just hard. It is hard. Yeah. You know, I I often say to uh, not just to the residents, but to people that I'm interacting with, like there's what we all fail to realize is how much our ego can run us yeah you know and and if you learn to distinguish the ego from the soul starve the ego feed the soul we feed the ego too much and i think part of her probably knows she got a lot of good stuff out of this house yeah for sure that's why she probably like knows like it's a good place but when certain things don't vibe with people then it's easy for their ego to blame the house how the fuck are you going to blame a house Right. I wonder this too. Like <laughs> she started working a lot, like ten days straight. This kind of shit. Starbucks is a stressful job. I know people don't think so, but it is. You're it dealing is. with the public, fucking mm-hmm. constant. I wonder if that contributes. You know, that's another really, really tricky thing for people who don't have like support, financial support. It's like right. um, we, we, we're we're new, and we've definitely had to have some people work maybe before they're ready and i mean because we're really trying to like help people we don't i mean i know there's some houses that are just like yo if you can't afford to be here you can't come right Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really work unless you have six months rent at least Mm -hmm. Um, because you can't really start working right away right i mean it depends see it, it varies down in orange county the houses that we have I'm used to L.A. sober livings where it's three to five grand a month. People's parents, especially Persian parents, like people's parents are going to pay that. And so you can keep them in within the house to learn the culture of the house, to to be in the step process. Don't worry about going out and working or all the other shit that you think you need to do. Focus on yourself. Go inward. Down in Orange County, we don't have that. A lot of the people that come to our house, yes, there are various people whose parents are taking care of them. But a lot of them are coming, you know, they, they're, they're learning. They have to be self-supporting from almost from day one. Whoa. So they got to fucking get a job. But my whole thing is, look, if you live in our house, first you got to come in with a drug and alcohol-free attitude. None of this other shit was working for you. Secondly, you, want, you think you need to go out and work? Make sure that you're working the program first. Because I don't give a shit if you have the most stellar job. 
you'll you'll tank that shit if you don't be working the program. Because uh-huh. and then another thing is like, I'll work with people, you know, but I also want them to 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 value the house that they live in. Like if they can't afford it, then uh, then we'll work together to make sure that you can afford something. You know, over a period of time, we we build you up, and I want them to be able to reintegrate back into society. So I'm all about education. If 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 you think this little half-ass dead-end job that you're working for 12 to 14 to 16 bucks an hour isn't going to have a future for you why don't you go back to school why don't you go get some grants or some loans like and i teach him that stuff we try to teach him that stuff to be able to to really get lives because because he gets so many people from all walks of life so an individual can get a grant it depends it varies you know i mean these days with the, with the pandemic motherfuckers are getting ppc loans you know what i mean so it's like there's a lot of possibilities but but the most important thing that i always emphasize is just stay sober don't put anything in your body and every and spirit of the universe it always works out in some way or another but yeah but he's saying and we've experienced this like if you work too soon it can be really really it can be too much for you yeah to handle work and the structure yes it can be, yeah. but it's not impossible. I think. No, it's not. I think it's, that's the it's thing. Possible. I mean, I got silver in a fucking car and no money, and people like fed me and shit in AA. You know, like it's possible. I was kind of a bum and I quit every job like after a month, but still, I mean. Yeah, but see, that's <laughs> the thing though. Is like, if you were working, you wouldn't have energy to like also do chores and mm. and dinners and meetings in the house and. I don't know. Whatever. The so point is, you know what? We need a benefactor. We need somebody to help these addicts. Who do you need? Yeah, go ahead. This is fine. You can just walk in. We're talking. Um, it's it's no big deal. Um, yeah, I mean the, the, the point. The all the only point I'm trying to make is that like it's really really hard, and like the likelihood of someone being able to like I mean the odds are just so stacked against people in general trying to get sober a and then like you know when when you come to a structured sober living it's Mm -hmm. like most people are just not really gonna be willing to 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 do what it takes so a lot of people are gonna be leaving all the time well it depends too i think uh a lot of the people that come into our homes i'm working with the families a lot for sure yeah you gotta coach them so that if if Billy wants to not Billy, but if like you can I'll, use me, yeah. If Billy wants to leave, all of a sudden the parents already know on the back. Well, if you leave that place, we we believe in what Peggy's is doing at the Essence House, for example. If you want to leave and go do your own thing, you're on your own. Yeah, you know you're on your own. Like we're not going to support that. Like yeah, we've heard about what Pej does. Stay there and listen to that man. Yeah, and they'll fight it tooth and nail. But you know, sometimes they'll pack their shit. They'll sometimes leave for a couple of days or weeks or right. months. But all of a sudden, they, they'll hit me up on Instagram in a message, which they're literally doing right now. When can I come back? Whoa! Or when are you mm. fucking ready to take some? Direction? Are they sober? Not sober? Doesn't matter. Just when can I come back? Yeah, they're not sober. You know, they're yeah, not. Okay. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they take off, like, and they love yeah. to say, "I've just been smoking weed." Sure, buddy. Like, no worries. Right. I used to be you. Right. You know, I used to do that shit. Yeah. I used to lie like that. It doesn't really matter because once you get here, it's going to be like drug tests. Sure. And, and you got to stay sober. Absolutely. So, uh, but I still, I know you don't like percentages, but 
really how many people that go through a house end up what you call what do you call it? They have the attitude where you don't need drugs anymore. What did you call it? We want them to show up to our front doorstep when we go through our contract to have a drug and alcohol free attitude. Yeah. We don't want people coming that are wishy washy, still no, on the no, fence. No, but after that you said like you know that they're not at risk anymore. Before you said all that, like when you see someone in the house transform to the point where you know they're not at risk. Oh, because you because based off of Seeing how they're interacting, they're calling their sponsor. See how that guy was just on the phone with Chris Howard for an hour. Is that a sponsor? Well, that's Woody, our man, our manager, manager. our uh, house manager. Okay, but when I see like somebody that's actually meeting with their sponsor, the sponsor comes over and they're working steps, or they're they're sharing in meetings. They're not a potted plant, or they're being of service. They're learning through doing chores within the house. Then they go out in the community and they you see them like making the coffee or taking a commitment, and they have a regular commitment. You get to you see the person like get to their tenth, eleventh, and twelfth step, and the awakening's happening within them, and they're changing. Their character's changing. They're not fucking overdosing on their mom's front porch anymore. They're now a person that's effective, that's of usefulness, and, and they have like a resistance. So if they do get a craving or whatever, they have like a little wall or something to, to help. They like, have a support group. They have me. They have sponsors or. They're sobriety brothers that they'll call and say, hey, I'm having They're a more likely to call than to use. That's right. call first. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's that's like the miracle. I, I, I live for that, to watch them become. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's oh, so awesome. Yeah. It's what it's all about. How many people get there, though? Well, I mean, if, I we, if we do say percentage, let's say people stay in our house for a year and they really get the gist of like what we're doing and what we're about. A high percentage, right? But it's all. all how many people? Uh, how many people fall off? I mean, like so many. Just yeah. times, right? that's just the fucking nature of the beast, man. There's so many. Yeah, and usually, I mean, it never turns out pretty. Nobody actually like leaves and goes out and says, you know, I'm just doing some controlled fentanyl use and things are just fine. They die. They yeah. fucking die. They had so, an employee so, here uh, that huh? went out and yeah. died. Tullus, Tullus died. And then he went out. What happened? Caleb! Yeah. Would you... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. We haven't even been open for a year, right? There's 20 people in the house. Uh-huh. I think that there's probably been 20 people who have left. Yeah. Yep. And do you keep track of them or know where they are or ever hear about them? Um, as residents, like we're not allowed to. But we, I don't know. That, that might be high, so... No, it's probably close. Right, because... 20. Yeah. So there's that. Half the people that come here leave. After and, 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 and that's and out of the twenty people who are here, you know, only I don't know, hopefully fifteen of them will make it to the end. I mean, because there's because I want to say that like probably like ten, half of them I, I feel like are pretty pretty good. Like I don't really see them. I can point out the for sure's right now. That what? We'll stay till the end. Yeah, the the first six, the first seven or Ashley, eight. Chained and Shane, Madison Carter, Johnny, me. Why are you not? Why are you not clicking number seven? You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I love Caleb. So Caleb's like literally our senior, most senior guy in the house. So he's really no, got a pulse. He has a bit of a tude. I mean, I barely ever see him, but I can just see it. It's like you can feel the energy. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know though. I think he's pretty good. But maybe, maybe I don't. Understand. Yeah. Well, what about fourteen? JP's pretty solid. 
And Brennan's pretty solid too. Pretty but yeah, we it's hard to know. They seem really solid right now, but they're still in their first second month. So you you, mm. you could you never know. Yeah. But that's what we're saying is is that like it's just this is what I usually say and this is what I see what you guys are doing here and what we do in many of these structured homes. It starts from within the house. It's not just about making your bed, but there's a reason you're making your bed. Not to, to make Pat happy that all the beds are made. I, no. I, I took a tour of the house right now, and all the beds were made. Oh, you went to every room? Yeah. They, uh, uh, That's dope. Somebody took me upstairs, but it was Johnny. Yeah. Johnny took me up there. That's impressive. Like, yeah. I love going into a sober living and seeing that the house is well kept. Yeah. It tells me that the residents, which I asked you on my podcast, do you have maids that come through or just Fuck. so your residents do? Fuck no. So your residents keep the house intact in order, right? It starts from within the house. If you if you get up in the top of the morning and you make your bed nice and you learn that we got to keep things in order or I will get consequences, then you that you implement that into your lifestyle, right? You you get rewired, you get reprogrammed. And when I was at CMAX house he was handing out hundreds of thousands of words to certain individuals because was that because their egos were huge yeah. or they just were full of shortcomings. I was thirty six years old. Like it didn't take me very long. I got a couple of five hundreds here, five hundred here for not putting a fucking chair underneath the thing, or, or for leaving water on the bathroom counter. Like that's this dude was like that. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are that no. strict. Uh, actually, no. We should start implementing though the chair thing. Like I'm, I'm oh, always trying. Ideas, I'm literally always trying to do he, more. He would come to. This is how it happened for me. I'm fucking 14 days sober, coming off a hard meth and heroin run, and now I'm in this guy's house. And he's like, he came over to me. He's like, Pej, just so you know, just because you're still learning, like what we do around here, you got to tuck your chair under. I'm like, okay, seriously, like, <laughs> yeah, fucking you chair. Okay, no problem. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, like yeah. two days later, he's like, Pej. Just a reminder. This is your second reminder. Like you got to tuck the chair under the like. The third time he's like, "Listen, man, your 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 parents aren't here to do this for you. There's not a maid. This is your third time. I'm, I'm how about a how about three hundred words? I'm like three hundred words for what? Because because the chair is not going to put itself away. Like you need to do that. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I think that's ridiculous. But all right, I'll I'll write it for you. I could have been like, fuck you, I'm out of here. Yeah. Instead, but it was through the writing process, all those words. I got up to 8,000, and I was like, all right, I'm a senior member now. I know what the fuck to do around here and what not to do anymore. Yeah. I may have been old enough to to where I was like starting to become somewhat of an adult, where I was like, all right, I know how to walk a straight line. I know what this guy wants. I think half of it's ridiculous. But over a period of time, through the writing assignments, I started to self-reflect and realize, fuck, dude, I do come short. Because he'd give you topics like mindfulness like how have you been unmindful in your life if that's even a word unaware unaware like how do you not pay attention to certain things how has this worked out for you and and what's that causing you and it was through that and through going and being active in the community because he told me he's like uh you need to have a sponsor you don't you still two weeks in and you don't have a sponsor I'm like, yeah that's right i'm only two weeks he's like no you need to have a sponsor by next week or you're gonna get a thousand words i'm like Thousand words. He goes, you want two thousand? I'm like, no, thousand's good. Like, I'll make sure to have a sponsor. <laughs> but it was like this dude was rebuilding me, you know, rewiring me and making me be be more. And you were willing to take that shit color. at this point because like you were down so far. Is like, that why? Yeah. Well, I did. I failed to mention I met that guy. Well, I actually said it earlier. I, I met that guy five years before at another sober living he had, and I didn't want to have anything to do with him, so I wasn't ready yet. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a mistake or by accident that I end up at his front doorstep at another house mm. five years later. They say... Uh, did did he remember? Did you remember? He didn't remember me. I remembered him. I looked him in his eyes, and I'm like, I know you. Mm. They, they say... Uh, there are no coincidences. It's God's way of staying anonymous. Like, mm-hmm. what are the chances that I end up at this dude's front doorstep? That, that was awesome right there. The, the yeah. rave just happened. No, but uh, but at, at this point I was ready. They say when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. The, pe- yeah. the teacher was already there. Right. And so you, for five years, had been trying off and on to stay sober. Yeah, no, I wasn't. That was countless vain attempts. I failed miserably. I don't even think I was really trying. I was taking breaks from getting loaded because I because of circumstances, getting busted, getting Well, for me, I was doing that cases. too, but it wasn't that I wanted to be sober. I just didn't want to be in pain anymore. I didn't want to live the way I was living. Sure. But I didn't want to stop using drugs. No, because that would, that would alleviate the pain. Yeah, and I just, I still love drugs. You know, I just here. fucking... I loved it. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? This this should be here so that the, this is like block. <laughs> we're still figuring. We're always trying to make stuff better. But yeah, dude, I I, 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 what I love about it is seeing somebody. Later, brother. Good to see you, man. Corey's here checking it out. Take it easy. Nice meeting you. Um, it's to see somebody who's like really really gnarly, and they're like not about it, and. uh you know they're they're out there cheating, lying, and like not ratting. Like you know, like I'm not a rat. You know, and then you get they get in here and they start to like realize like what's happening. Like not like when you rat on someone or you tell on someone or you pull someone up on something they're doing. Like mm-hmm. you're helping them, you're helping them grow. So it's sort of like using that like aggressive or like just using all the like character characteristics that you that you used out there like flipping them upside down and like becoming like so solid in the house sure because they're like getting behind the pulling people up and the structure and like just crushing it you know when you say pulling people up do you mean pulling their covers or pulling them up like empowering them Pulling their, covers, pulling their covers, which is empowering them, I mean, will help them eventually. Yeah, pulling them up like well, a no, pull you, up. You have a pull up and a strike, right? Yeah, so a pull so the, up the, is something good they did. No, it's not. Oh, it's a positive and a, and a pull. Oh, a positive, yeah. Okay. And a pull up is just like, yeah, like pulling them up on like, you know, like leaving the item out. I have a question. You know, it never occurred to me. Do you ever have someone in the house that's just? You got to ask them to leave because their attitude's poisoning the well. Absolutely. I mean, that's literally what. If we... they pollute the environment, they're not fit a fit for this. But you have a talk with them. You give them a fair chance, and you're like, I give Dude. them a few chances. I tell, I remind them. Remember the contract you signed. In the contract, it said that you'd follow these rules, and you're not doing that. And on top of that, you're polluting the space. You're poison. You're cancer for this house. Well, what if they are following the rules, but they're polluting the space? Like mm. their attitude is just. Yeah, like this, like low, like underground. Well, so this person lot yesterday that we asked that we I, basically what I said was you can't. She post she posted something on social media that said if 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 you want to leave, people should let you. Like insinuating that we're like keeping her here against Captive. her will, which is literally you know what I've been through. Yeah. I can't have that. Right. So I said I can't have that in this house. Right. What do you? She doesn't want to be here, but she's sort of staying. So she like. 
wanted to like she just yeah it's sad man so yeah we basically like sort of said like if you don't want to change or grow or if you can't, then you got to go. I can't have that. So in interesting because I never thought about it much until you opened the sober living. How like it's almost a living th- entity, the house, like Dude, all the I, people in it, and a one bad apple, like the two people who left together. Just there was like I was talking to. Can I talk? Say names? Like you're not gonna know who I'm talking about. Okay, I was talking about the person who's been. No, t- so who? I was t- talking to Ashley, and to yeah. see how involved each person is with all the little secrets in the relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we know everything. Um, well, I just don't know if you are allowed to say it on here because the residents and their names. Are we allowed to say their names? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, bit, not a lot. I don't know. No, we can. Nobody really knows. Okay, so anyway, so I just didn't realize, and I, I've seen a change. Some people leave, it changes. Some new people come in, like JP came in. He was like a good vibe, right? He's like, yeah. And the whole house is affected. Mm-hmm. Like all the people, even the ones that are sort of on the outskirts, yeah. are a little more affected because there's more joy in the house. Right? Yeah, but d- right? d- d- dude that dude that left, who was in a relationship with with the girl, like he took her out. He was so toxic for so long, and we gave him so many chances. But he like kind of grew, and he came around. With, he was like trying to get there yeah. and like there was and then he took he saw her and and he grabbed her and they both left. But you don't think that you're so you're blaming him for that. Well, he de- yeah, he definitely is the reason she left. Right. Okay. And then who knows like yeah, you you got to cut the the But you didn't ask him to leave. They leave together. Or did you ask them to leave? Um you gave him like an ultimatum or something. To 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 be to be honest, I wasn't even in that um, meeting. Oh, um, Michaelis was. He he ran that meeting, oh. and he went pretty hard. Because he comes from that like old school Liberty That's House. That's Liberty. Maybe it's good, man. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a better now. Yeah. Oh no, it, it is for sure. It is gonna be better. <clears throat> Sometimes when you filter out, I believe the ones that are polluting there are totally. It makes things much better. We had that issue not that long ago at one of my men's houses down there. It seemed like, well, it's Orange County, too. So you had some white guys, some Persian guys, some black dudes, and then some others. And it seemed like people were clicking up. And, uh. and then uh, and this is what the managers were telling me. So I sat them all down, and, and uh, we just had a group. And I was like, I just said pretty much straight up, like, if you think that the skin that you were born into makes you more supreme than others, because I know what... I know the, the the side jargon and talk that they'll have amongst each other, but if you think that that makes you better than other people and you can't actually integrate with each other and be be like friends and be brothers in recovery, the disease is, is overpowers everybody. It, has, it doesn't discriminate. And um, within a, probably a couple of days, there's one or two that acted out a certain way. So I we grouped them. We grouped the two guys, right? Yeah. Because they, they went against what we said. They went to their own meetings. They didn't go to the mandatory meetings that we had picked out for them. And dude didn't like it. He started going off on the manager in the house. I said, that's not how we talk to the management here. I mean, if, if that's how you want to be, like, there's the door. I can help you start packing your stuff. Yeah. And within two days, him and two other one other guy 
moved out immediately, had a huge resentment against me, which I, I'm sure I made a lot of four steps. Right. But I've also had people come and make amends to me and say, I hated your guts, but I knew you were doing it for the right reason. I just was blind to, to my own attitude, my own ego. And so, uh, so they ended up leaving, and, and the whole vibe of the house changed. Yeah. It, it felt like there was just a sense of relief amongst all these other guys that were not mm. clicking up or not part of the drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, That's literally... You, know, you reminded me of something really beautiful, too. Like in AA, I became close and friends with, you know, color, skin, age... You know, I wouldn't normally like be hanging out with older women, like old yeah. ladies, right? Yeah. But in AA, I become really close. You'd be kicking with, it with you them. know, or just whoever. Yeah, like yeah. and uh, that's a beautiful <laughs> thing about it. AA. Is. And you know, I I love LA for that because I I can go to meetings in North Hollywood. I can go to meetings in South Central. I can go to meetings in Santa Monica and see many people from different walks of life, age, race, creed, colors, socioeconomic, all that totally. stuff. Totally. Yeah. Down in OC, it's a little different. Hmm. It's a little different. Like, is it, it's, it's, it gets a little like when you start having people. Clicky yeah, clicky or talking about their political. I mean, come on, man. There's traditions for that. What are you talking about? Like, we don't need to hear who your party is. Or, well, it's easy to do. I mean, I, I mean, naturally, that's what I would do. I would gravitate towards my people, right? That's right. So... But yeah, I, I like what you said. Like it, it's a freaking, it's a, it's an organism. It's a living organism. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a trip the house to see. Yeah. is like its own. It's like everybody's affected by everybody else. It's an organ. It's like a, it's like a, alive. You know, and if there's like a cancer, you got to remove it. You got to remove it. Yeah. Or like, put. Things in place to where it removes itself, or mm. or confront it and say, "Do you want to take some try to heal it consequences for this? Do you want to learn from this?" Mm. And that's the thing you said. Like, do you just get rid of the person? No, I give. See, Mac used to say this, but my mentor, I'll give you enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to keep fucking around and doing what you want to do and run your own show, it'll work your way right out of here. If you want to sit here and learn from your mistakes and how you are underground, how you do live this like double life or triple life. Then, um, what about those ones who are just so fuck? They're just fuck ups, right? And then at sure. some point, yeah. they just turn. Like, have you had that? Where oh they just, yeah, the mirror. They're so bad. You just like want to get rid of them. Sure. And then at some point, they just they become like one of the best people. Or I've seen so many of them. Those they're, are cool. They're, they're I've seen so those amazing. in AA too. I think I might have been one of those. It's at some point. We get our egos yeah. punctured. I think they talk about that in the 12 and 12. <clears throat> so sneaky, though, because you don't even realize it's your ego until you do, right? You don't, that's the thing. See, people are so blind to their egos, and that's why I'll sit. I've had a kid read this book. It's called um, My Higher... No, sorry. My Ego, Me, and My Higher Power. It's by Dr. Something Hirschfield. But uh, it just I had this kid read this whole book about ego, and then come back out and just be in his ego. And I was like, dude, did you not? <laughs> this guy is an AA member too. Like you could see everything intertwined in there that's AA related. And then on top of that, it's like telling you the difference between you, your ego, and your higher power. You know, so it, I think like definitely when we learn to distinguish our ego from our soul and give more power to our soul, that's what it's all about. That's why those those hard cases can completely change because 
they they tap into like a whole different level of consciousness. Humility. Humility. Mm-hmm. It's what it's all about. And how the the best way to get someone to that point is by learning them to be of service. It starts from within the house. You do some chores and shit like that and go out and learn to be of service to other people. You know? I remember it happened for me the same way. I wasn't in a house, but at some point I realized I'm just like a lump on a log. And I just and it was really hard for me, but I decided, like, can I help you do the dishes? Yeah. Like, do something. And yes. it was scary because yeah. I'd never done that. I never grew up doing that. Sure. And then... Yeah, and like commitments, picking up cigarette butts or whatever, and yeah. To- and, and doing it not because you want people to see you cleaning up cigarette butts, doing it out of the kindness of your well, heart. Really, I did it because I was so scared and awkward. I wanted to have something to do. Something right? to do. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah. yeah. But it's mad, yeah, it's amazing. <sighs> so he came here when he was five from Iran. Oh, you want to go back to that? Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Well, fuck. I mean, I've been a little bit mystified. Do you know who Antivon is? Antivon. They call him Antoine, but he was in primetime. Antivon. He was a sweet dude. Pers- part. He would be like with. We had a little Persian crew that would come to primetime. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so wait, he he was in primetime before we ever were. Yeah. You were. I used to go to primetime when I was newly sober, but that was only for a couple of years because my first sponsor, Amir, was a member. He knows Amir. Yeah, you probably know him too. Huh. Yeah. And then you stopped going. Uh, I was, I mean, I tried everything. I wanted to try all flavors. You know, I tried all drugs. I tried all alcohol. So I wanted to see what PG was like. I wanted to see what primetime was like. Huh. Right now I'm in Fledgling. Like Fledgling Society is one of the home groups I'm in. Hmm. And then down in Orange County, we have another group called Monks and Drunks. Dude, I heard Orange County's got like solid recovery. There's some good recovery. LA recovery is awesome too. I mean, yeah. West Coast recovery. It's yeah. Just out, people For across the country. Comes, half, more than half these people are from the East Coast of the Midwest. They come here to get sober. Oh, they love it. <laughs> it's it's great. It's fucking great recovery out here. Yeah, it truly is. It's really amazing. It's really it's really cool that we get to have a house out here. For sure. And 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 we can drive, you know, wherever. I mean, to LA or but um, but prime time. I discovered prime time like five, six years. I was kind of like hitting a bottom in sobriety, mm-hmm. and like just not really understanding the the complete defeat. Like what complete defeat looks like in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Like I really can't trust my mind. Right. The big, the funny thing is, Big Frank was like. Amir's sponsor and kind of like I think he had didn't he run a whole like kind of a Persian AA meeting or something or there is a Persian AA meeting yeah and the Frank I'm meeting though he's an American guy yeah yeah he's a lawyer he's a lawyer crazy guy gets all red in the face yes throws the book yeah yeah he was gnarly yeah so what's fledgling fledgling society is um it's it's uh down in Culver City, but now they have an HA meeting that's in Can Santa Monica. Yeah, please, H-A? bro. What's HA? Heroin, Heroin Anonymous. Oh, so Fledgling started one. with a, um, it was a book study on Wednesday nights in Santa Monica, which is now only on Zoom. But then they had an AA meeting on Sunday nights, which we go to regularly in the Masonic Temple on Venice Boulevard in Culver City. And then they started an HA meeting, Heroin Anonymous, fledgling style uh 
over in Santa Monica, and now they have a CA meeting too. So it's just like, you know, some people call them big book thumpers. Uh, I, I joined them because I like their process of the steps. I like sitting in uh, in a group and going through the book and dissecting it. And also when we do, uh, you know, when we go through the fourth step and fifth step process, there's five columns. There's a prayer column, like the sick man prayer column, where we actually uh, are kind of forgiving somebody as we're going through our resentments. And and it's just, it's just very a powerful movement there they're straight shooters when they when they share they have a certain style i mean i've I've done a lot of speaking myself i don't really think that when i speak i do a fledgling talk they have their own style but um but i like being a a member of the group and i'm very loved and accepted there they like to differentiate the real ones from not they they have really they have talked that way yes a lot but i think like what does that mean it's like that's the only like thing that I can really think of. I I love the way that they process the steps. I've do you know Dano? Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, so I've I've been in a lot of his um, workshops. You know. Yeah. And the only thing that kind of puts me off is when they they do speak from the podium. Mm-hmm. They um, a lot of people that their alcoholic mind is trying to find the differences already. Sure. I feel like sometimes they separate themselves even more. I understand that, and you know, like they they're very book based, and I think they themselves have each individual, and I won't say names, but they know that they shots were fired fired from the podium a lot. So now I think they're evolving too and starting to watch their words or watch the way they they profess or say certain things, or if they're they're not trying to you know put people down, they're realizing like we're trying to help people here, not hurt them. I fuck with them because they do the steps they actually live absolutely that shit. yeah absolutely and you know if if we're based off the book the book says we don't pronounce anyone an alcoholic or an addict right right you have to self-diagnose so to to call to say to someone you're not a real one like who are you to say that when exactly when you're not really supposed to like let yeah. the person figure it out for themselves and i think anybody that comes to aa or or, or ca or ha probably had an, a drug and alcohol problem or drug or alcohol problem like why yeah. would you be here but you probably experienced this because you've been around a while. Yes. You used to go to an AA meeting. If you said you're an addict, they're like, are you an alcoholic? Oh, you uh, get no, shun- you I'm get an shunned addict. for that they're shit. like, well, sit the fuck down then. Yeah. You get- meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, in the book, it talks about sedatives and morphine and all these different things. I stopped going to AA. Yeah. I started finding like other AA programs, which I didn't how, really fit in. How, how dope is that, though, that like now... Every, all that dumb shit is just out the fucking window. That's it's still stuck. I mean, me a little bit. You, though. If you're on fucking like, if you see what's ha- the movement that's happening with like the sober TikTok movement, you're sure. like, oh, good luck, bro. Good luck, old timers. Yeah. Like, good luck trying to keep whatever anonymous thing or whatever like a a n a like don't bring out drugs like just shut the fuck up it's, <laughs> Do you it's, think there's a, any, it's a harm, any harm in that though <clears throat> because maybe keeping it pure or whatever held some kind of structure that could be diluted do mm-hmm. you what do you think i know this when i came into aa uh this time willingly well i was in a recovery home that was sending us to to AA. there was a couple old timers that would I could see if somebody identified as an alcoholic addict, they'd roll their eyes or come back and retaliate when with their share. But it was the ones, the, the members of AA that came to me afterwards and said, hey, you're welcome here. 
and and that's who I want to be because they made me feel welcome and I love AA. I really do. I I know how to if I'm speaking in AA, how to respect AA, but I also think the singleness of purpose is totally it's it's ridiculous. And Michaela says this too. We we talked about it. I think it's outdated. I don't think if Bill and Bob were still alive, they would have tripped so much as what, you know, a lot of people that that have, you know, carried on the legacy of AA, how how they became so dogmatic. That's not what Bill wanted. He's he talked about being in a frozen mindset. That's like keep an, keep your mind open to the fact that a lot of motherfuckers are coming to AA these days because the druggy buggy's bringing them. Because um, people are saying just go to AA to get sober. So you get poly substance abusers that are coming to AA, and it, that's why I love my my one of my home groups, fledgling, is because we're open to addicts and alcoholics. We go through the big book, and and when it comes to HA, Hoyer Anonymous, and Cocaine Anonymous. They work straight out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, they don't use their books? They don't. I know CA had a book. CA has a book, Hope, Courage, and, Hope Faith, and Courage. Or Hope, Courage and, and MA Faith. has a book. And, and Yeah, they, they do have their own books, but like those two specific programs work straight out of the big book of AA. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I hope it doesn't. I just, because I'm old school, right? I grew up with this shit. Mm-hmm. So, I and there's the traditions. I'm just, I'm all for inclusiveness. Yes. But, Sometimes things like the Washingtonians previous to sure, like sometimes people think it's a good cause. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that they're, you know, diluting the message or sure. hindering what was me- the magic or mm-hmm. <clears throat> probably not. But I, I think a lot of the times these places they have such a strong message that people with such lack of direction gravitate towards and almost need it. Sure. Sure. Just, you know, I mean this fledgling group? Fledgling, PG, like even what, like this house is, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not, AA is not for everybody. Certain groups in AA are not like the end all be all for everybody. Yeah, but like the way I see CA and HA is just a way to help like reach more people that sure. would be closed off. Absolutely. To the same exact message. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and sadly, most you know, so many people go to all these different meetings, and seventy percent of them probably won't stay sober. Yeah, I still like it. If I were to talk to a normal person, I'd be like, if they asked me when I went to an HA meeting, where I went, I'd still say I went to an AA meeting. Right. Mm. I went for years because of that reason. I went to MA because I was a mar- I marijuana. I love marijuana, right? Yeah. But it just wasn't as power. It just didn't have the same nuts and bolts as AA. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm going to say this right now. Like you said earlier that you went to other A programs. I tried NA. I tried that too. I tried CMA. Um, I think that those are fun fun groups to go and check out what they're doing. CMA is like kind of rowdy. So, But, you know, but I, I just for some reason AA became home. Yeah. And then I love CA. CA is pretty powerful. I fucking right? love CA. It's gnarly. It's one of the older because ones, though, too. It's been around for a while. It's been around for a while. And you can talk about, I mean, there's. you don't need to worry about what you're saying there. They're not uh, exclusive. Definitely, there's no, you can say you're a heroin addict in CA and nobody gives a shit. You know. The solution, yeah. that's like what's really right, important. Right. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah. 
It's a trip. <laughs> so you know he runs a co-ed sober, a structured sober living. No shit. Dude, he's the only one. You're renegade. He's doing it. Yeah, it's called Limitless Journey. But why do I want to? Why do I think? Why do I want to say it's not like that structured, or is it? The the house that we have. Yeah, like are you giving out like hundred cares? No, it's not. <laughs> it's you know it's not as structured as your house, that's for sure. Like, oh, okay. but um, but it works. Yeah, it Dude, works. This is so dope, Woody. I know because like it works. It, it absolutely right? works. Yeah, I mean, and I I also just had a huge pep talk from Chris Howard. So really about yeah, I mean he this he sent me he told me not to tell you he sent me documents from the like from the like the like therapeutic community where he gets it from his handbook like everything bro like he told me not to show he told you not to show me not like that he was like you'll blow pat's mind if you just like pull this stuff out in group or in meetings you know oh wow he's wow. like I, yeah he was like so he's helping you understand like what the structure does and how rad it is and why, why it's dope 100% wow that's amazing yeah. See, he's a fucking real one. He's a major real one. He is. He wants to no, like, bro, I gotta say this right now. And, and he's been on here too, like twice. We 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 we've had. He wanted to do one like time. A, he called me while I was doing a podcast with Michaelis, and he's like, "I'm on my way over right now." He wanted to do what? Like come, like I told, like we were talking about everything that happened. He's like, "Oh, we just need to work it out on a podcast." I was like. Fuck, I don't yeah. know. I was like, I don't know if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, I would love to do that if if if, if Michaelis would be down. Um, but uh Um Dude, he's so dope because Chris was down to help me from the gate. Like he didn't really even know me. He came here and he saw me and I showed him like some crazy shit on YouTube and he's like, dude, you're like nuts, bro. But I fuck with it. But like you need to be careful, dog. Cause I was like just doing like my shows kinda gnarly, you know? You got a lot of critics. Yeah, it's cool. You got a lot Super of critics. Dedicated critic. Everyone's a critic now though. No, I think yeah. what it is is a lot no, of No no no. You know what it is, bro? Huh. You have a lot too because the people that have left it. You're on four steps. Yeah. Here's the, this is all it is. Sure. I just have a lot of everything. <laughs> when you have a half a million yeah. on TikTok, right. you're going to have more volume. Absolutely. Right? But like I have also more people all over the world who are fucking with what we're doing. So right. if one thing goes up, there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction to everything. Absolutely. So what I, what I mean too is besides the critics, the, the ones that we don't know, or even the ones that want to blast you on whatever, those ethic, ethics pages and shit. Yeah. Within our own recovery community, some of the real ones, Sam tonight was saying before he knew you, he had an opinion about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain people. I got a, a plethora of certain friends that are in the recovery community who I, I really look to or, or believe in what they're doing because I know they're doing it for the right reasons that also know me as a person that's in <sighs> it for the wellness of the people, right? But some of them viewed you before as who the fuck is this guy? Why is he doing it like this? Like, and then yeah. what? And what they tell me later is when they actually meet you, they're like, "He's got heart." 
Like this dude's he's he's a good dude. His heart's in the right place. Yeah. And then some people still have opinions. I, you know, well, at the end of the day, there's people that have opinions about me, and people tell me like, you know, a lot of people say a lot of shit about you, Page. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Oh, because what's your page? What's that? What's your page for on Facebook? Oh, I don't have Facebook. Oh. Well, on YouTube, TikTok, 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 TikTok sure. Page Page Intervention. How do I spell that? P E J. So, but uh, but 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 hold on. But Chris Howard is dope because he always helped. He sat here and talked to me on the phone because he believes in what this is, what this structure is, and right. helping alcoholics. And right. that's what we're here to do. It's, it's awesome. Same with Michaelis. Like he spent so much time on the phone with me. I can't even tell you, dude. Both of them are some of the realest dudes I know in recovery. Yeah, you just got that follow. Nice. So, so yeah, like, and then Pez is dope too. I mean, you're like, you're like, you and Chris are the only ones that I'm seeing that are like really adopting this social media shit or trying to at least, you right. know, like you're doing your podcast regularly. You're on TikTok. I don't know if what you're, how are you, you're not like showing the inside of the house or what? Not yet, but you know what? You gave me an idea, Pat, more recently because you yeah. know what? Fucking, I guess you can huff deodorant. It's, it's on there. It's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, I I don't think it's a problem for me to show success stories, but why wouldn't I want people to see that people get well? Well, here's one thing that I saw. I saw Larry do that on Facebook. You and did? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he had sat down Brian, one of his graduates, and ex- and he explained, you know, I mean, it sort of looked like... From Liberty? Yeah, it sort of looked like dude was like... Being held captive in a basement, but like, no, that's what Prosser said. Liberty House. Li- Tell him how good you're doing. Here. Yeah, no, Liberty House saved my life. Michaelis, um, um, Chris, uh, my buddy Chris Avedra, Troy. Uh, I sent Charlie there and helped him, and Prosser, and Tullis didn't graduate, but it still helped him until he passed away. I mean, you can only do so much, but like that place is fucking amazing. Amazing. But I saw this dude, um, yeah, giving his story and you could hear uh, Larry asking him questions. And I'm like, yeah, like we need to explain to the world, like what's on some level, like what this, why would we not, I, I don't understand like this structure. I want to like let the world know like what it really takes for me and people like me to like get sober and learn how to live a new way. This structure is everything that's needed for, for a person that wants long-term recovery. Cause a lot of people go to treatment treatments, a different, it's different there. You have a therapist that'll either coddle you or they, they want to keep you there for your insurance policy. They, there's people with countless treatment stays, but 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 this this right here, there's too many flop houses out there. There's too many fucking sober livings that just call themselves sober livings. Dude, but but there's no structure. Yeah, I, I'm literally right now, like realizing how amazing it is, like what we're doing. Sure. Like and 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 we're I don't I unless I'm like, unless I'm not aware of other people. Right. Like, I think that like me, you, and Chris are like at the forefront of like helping the world understand what this looks like. Absolutely. And it's that's so, true. and it's like a dream. It was that my dream was like, even when I was in Liberty house, my dream was like, you know what? Like, that's just the way I think. Right. Like I'm in the structured sober living and I'm like, dude, one day 
I'm going, I want to try to bring this <laughs> to social, to, to the world, you know, mm-hmm. through like a show or through social media or yeah. just educate people sure. what it really takes to get sober the way I got sober and to learn how to change your character and be a new and to live a new way of life. Absolutely. And it's so dope to see people like you and Chris, like also do like, I get to have you on the podcast and we get to, I love this, you know, talk about like what it looks like, you know, I love this because we're like-minded. So we get to have these conversations because we're really, really about helping people. That's what it's all about. That, you know? Yeah. It, we but, got, we got helped. So we help others, but like, and hopefully they'll help. We, it's, it's too bad that we have to kind of tiptoe around some of it or I don't know. Do we, do you tiptoe? Uh, you don't strike me as the type. Is, is. Abs- well, absolutely. We didn't at first, no, 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 no. first but now, Bro, yes, I'm literally tip. You don't even know. Yes. I'm tiptoeing. Why? Because I can't. For what reason? What's what? What are we Because I can't for? film what happens in our house meetings. Oh, okay, okay. I can't film what's happening in dinners. I can't film what's really happening up there. Right. That's me tiptoeing. The, the meat. The, the meat. What I really want to do mm-hmm. is I want to like get permission from people in this house and just go all the way in. I think sometimes those experiences, this is just what I feel, but sometimes. And like in the heart of the group, I want to be like, this I, is what's really happening. An idea. What if you did that and kept the footage, don't post it, but used it for a documentary or something? Yeah, I already, ha- I, I already, I already have, but like it, it's different. Like I have Johnny's cop list. It's that cop list right there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no over there. You see it, it's framed on the up against the oh, wall. Yeah. yeah. That's the cop list that got him 100K and where, where he cops to relapsing. And it says the truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth and whatever mm-hmm. at the top. But it wasn't the whole truth. And <laughs> we had to get more out of him about him drinking at the bottom. Of the, but there's a, like it, it, I've, that entire house meeting or group, whatever. It's just retarded that we can't even call them groups. Right. You know, they're house meetings. But like that entire house meeting was filmed. Or it was on Zoom, and I recorded the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I just have it, you know. And we're making a, a I want to make like a full scale Johnny, like that guy. You heard Johnny? I, I know Johnny. Yeah, P, you I know, was, I've known him from before. I was surprised to see him here as a resident. I didn't mm-hmm. know about all that. Whoa! He told me upstairs. He's the one that toured me. He's one of like the main people that that you know. I've like Johnny Caleb. Shane, Madison, though Blue, those are the people that like the world. My all my followers like know because they're like you've gotten to know them just from seeing you, uh, seeing them, on and they're movie. fully willing and they want to be a part of it, and they have their own channels, and they're like all on all all the way in. Rudy was one of those people too, mm-hmm. and then she left and turned and joined uh, all the the hate i built her social media following up to like 20k Mm -hmm. and then i helped her build it and then she joined uh nancy tiktok grace and these these people that are lambasting me and trying to like uh, have you seen any of these pages no there are multiple pages after you are they trying to fuck with you 100 crazy one 100 percent yeah, I mean, they've you, dedicated tens of thousands of hours to pages just trying to... To take you down? The whole down. page, the whole TikTok page is little clips. I don't even understand because, the dedication. Because Why? I had hours and hours of raw footage for my show mm-hmm. of us planning the how to 
the house and how to open the house and looking at houses and talking about mm-hmm. I filmed all of it for my show. Right. And before I got a chance to edit it, these people found it on my Vimeo page and they just they just ripped all of it. Mm. And they post little bits of it out of context, but no one's listening. I mean, there's like a group of people that like saw some of these pages and they like try to like send my followers to these pages. So they have like small little followings, but Mm -hmm. like, but she left this house and went right to that woman and was like, you know, Mm. they're doing this and that, and they're not like ethical and blah, blah, blah. And they had like, that was like the night that was like the week of this woman's life. That was um, like I just best. wanted to, before you guys <laughs> go too far, <laughs> she was so excited. I wanted to say like, uh, I wanted to talk about something. So I have a sober living experience and I'm wondering like nothing like this, right? Or what yours, you say yours is or Chris. I'm wondering how many of these type of sober livings that actually prepare you for life. There is here I go with numbers again, statistically or comparatively to how many you think it's one to five thousand. Like I know there's a lot of Johnny was in a trap house. It's basically well, well, a there's drug just, house. There's different that they degrees. They call it sober living. There's and diff- they get you on. They get you twice a month when you get your social security checks. Mm-hmm. They even give you drugs. They keep you there, right? Yeah. Uh, that kind of shit's that going is a trap on, house. but that's way on the other end. And then there's just but flop but houses. but Billy, I think that there's. Everything from that to Liberty House and everything in between. Right, right. Different levels. Like you said, yours isn't as structured. Mm-hmm. But but here and here's the argument that Michaelis and, and Chris make well, I, I don't know if Chris would make this argument, but I know Larry would. If it's not this, it's doesn't work. And I, I would argue yeah. that. Yeah. I think that your structured sober living isn't as structured as mine or isn't as stru- and ours isn't as structured as Liberty House, mm-hmm. but they all work. And that's why I love Chris's answer today. He's like, it might work better for a different kind of person. Mm. Right? But like, what, what kind of thinking do alcoholics and addicts have? Extreme thinking. Right. Black and white. So for someone like Larry, it's like, it's got to be this. Like, there's a lot of pride and ego wrapped up in what it has to be. And if it's not like this, it can't be anything else. And I'm, I want to explore something different. And I, I think that's, I think it can still be effective. I mean, I'm seeing it be effective. Yeah, because now, right now, you're reminding me anything gets extreme. A religion, a person, an ideology, it's always, this is and the way. A- yeah, and and it's kind of it's fun. Like the one way, there is no other way, and, and right? It's kind of fun to 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 make it like really extreme, and to go super fucking hard, and to like to, and to like, you know, and to tiptoe on the edge of like cult like behavior. <laughs> like that's what some of these places. If when it goes too far, that's what it can become. And I can mm. I can see I can I I've tasted the the power. The, the talk, the like. That's one of the reasons that's I love going to those groups at Liberty House because I, there was something like magical and like powerful in mm. the air, mm. you know. But I don't want to. I don't want to be that. I don't want to let. I don't want to become some tyrannical, ego based guy wrapped up in in the the thing of it. Mm. But I'm aware of that. I can see it, and I can I can understand how it could become that for some people. Sure. 
Do you know, uh, when we talk about Larry, uh, you know that he went through new life like way back in the day. Yeah. Do you know the type of shit they used to do back then to yeah. teach you a lesson? Make yeah. you stare at the wall. So piece of paper, balance it, piece of paper, balance it with your nose against the wall for an hour. If it falls, words. That type of shit. Yeah. yeah. Like going to a fucking meeting with a toilet seat around you that says, I'm not a counselor, or, oh, I'm a piece of shit, or wearing a t shirt that says, I'm not the counselor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way they break you down. I've seen people Uh, doing eight hours of wall time. Right. So, so, and and, and I got to be honest with you, when I walked into that house and saw that, I was like, damn, like there's something dope about this. (laughs) Not a lot of people should think that. No, no, because like, that becomes it, they, they, they didn't just do that to this guy for fun. Yeah. They did it because that's the kind of person that doesn't make it. That's right. They and now breaking they, them down. They straight. might have a chance. And um, I think that that might be effective for some people. We can't do that here. Where I don't I, I, I there's 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 just too much at stake and it's it's too it's too risky. So there's something that I, I wanted to say like when I Seven years ago, when I was, I had a house in Westwood and one in Bel Air, there were other structured sober livings. I feel I was a different page then. I was a, a lot more. I was hard on these guys. Mm. My delivery, the way that I talked to people, mm-hmm. I was about uh, breaking them down in a way to where I was really fucking. I don't think I was just puncturing their ego. I was enforcing through my own ego, right, to fucking be an asshole and scaring the shit out of people, right? Because you were getting something out of it. Well, not just that. I think there was some some work I hadn't done on myself yet, both therapeutically and also in the 12-step process to where, where I I had some realizations where I was like, Pez, you never liked the way your fucking dad used to yell at you like that, but now you become your dad. You're a carbon copy of the man. So, right. And that th- these were realizations through a sponsor, through... Certain people that told me, but it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. So th- I realized, like, uh, in order, and it, and it can still come out of me, like, it, uh, and mm-hmm. I try my best to be aware of that, to watch the way, watch my words and not, not hurt people, not hurt them to the point where they just want to throw in the towel and be like, fuck this place, fuck this guy, I'm out. So I, now when I say we're not as structured, I mean, my men's house is structured, very. The women's house, or the co-ed house, it is structured, but we don't have management around the clock. The other house has management around the clock. There's always a manager there to oversee it. If if it was up to me, I would like to be able to have a house like this where the managers are always there, where we're hands-on. That's the type of... But it, because I have a busy life and I'm doing so many other projects, I've created these homes, and the people that run them, some of them were graduates or have gone through the house. So they carry my vision and they implement what we want within the house. They have their own styles. They're not me, I'm not them. So I'll, I'll go in and sit in, in groups and every once in a while I'll listen to what's going on and who's where in their recovery and then I'll I'll give them what I, I'll bring what I would like to bring to the table mm-hmm. and it's never putting them down. I yeah. don't want to put people down. They've been hurt enough throughout their lives. They've been told they're not going to amount to anything. I try to show them where they're coming short in a very nice way. But also, if I have to go with someone, I do my best not to fuck them up, right? And then on top of that, I will then empower them and t- show them what, how valuable of a person that they are and show them that their strengths, you know, as well as their weaknesses. So 
um, you know, it's a work in progress. I, 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 I know that I've changed a lot over the years. Like, I didn't want to be this asshole tyrant, like you had mentioned a second ago, that was just like, you're bad. You're an addict. Like, like that's the type of mm-hmm. Siamak went through a place. That guy who was my mentor called Pacifica House down in, uh, like, near the hood down in L.A. And he said people used to stand and just yell in his face, like, you're a fucking drug addict to the point where, like, spit would be coming out of their mouth. And, and I was like, that's the type of shit you got sobered? Like, I can't imagine. How, how are people staying? Well, back then, that was like that sin. That's what it was. Sinanon. Sinanon time. I'm about to watch a documentary on yeah. that, actually. It was um, that Sinanon. We, 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 we should watch it together. <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah. Like, I, I was going to I want to get your number tonight. before I leave so you can send me whatever that documentary is because I'm very interested. For sure. I don't know if there is a documentary. I was just going to search YouTube and do, do a deep dive. But uh, yeah, everything. I've, I've talked to people in their 40s that were in Sinanon like when they were in their youth. And it, some of them, it fucked them up, I think, worse. Like, right. Yeah. It was just a little too hard. You know, yeah. it's like, right. come on. The snake and the mailbox and all that shit. But, I mean, what you're talking about is fucking kind of like this, what I'm trying to figure out inside right now, too. Sometimes I have that in me where I can just, like, break somebody down to the point where I'm just like, what's my motive? Am I going too hard? Like, I need to be building them up. And, dude, someone called me an asshole the other day, and I just, like, I thought about it all week. Right, I right. was like taking people out to dinner. I was like, like I'm like I feel you. I'm really like trying to take a look at that, and then I go too far. We got to meet people where they're at. No, I'm saying I, I take that too far, and then it. Like, oh, then you're t- no, question nice myself. Too far, and, you're saying? No, I just question myself. Oh, you, oh like am I too hard on? Yeah, or, I don't or, know. Like, who I think it's I? good to question yourself because I could see myself easily going power mad, and it's no longer about. I see I have power over a person, it feeds itself, mm-hmm. whatever that is. You know, I've lost my temper a few times and it's, I don't have control anymore. Right. Yeah. Do but you, anyway. Do you have um, people like in the house, like with like, you know, six, seven, eight months sober that are like managing the house also? Yes. You mean as managers? Yeah. I used to, there used to be a philosophy that I had. I don't know where the fuck I came up with it, but you need to have at least a year or two years. I, I can't have a house manager with that. There's two guys right now that run my men, my men's house. One I brought on at six months. Oh, okay. The other one I brought on at seven, eight months. He, they, they were in the house. They were in the house, but I, I said, you guys have gotten what we're doing here. Yes. Like I've. Did you see a second ago when uh, Caleb went and looked at the board and was calling off names, yeah. and he included himself? Yeah. Like, like, we're here to stay. Like, we're going to... Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When you see the transformation in someone, and I know, this dude right here, I'm not worried about him. He's not in relapse mode. No, yeah. He's worked those steps. He's had the awakening. He's being in service. He knows that he's here to stay. So, yes, now I'm open to it when I see that the person's really about recovery and I can rely on them because, you know, you, your intuition will say, but also certain things that they do based off a of character. Are you saying that because you've, you've brought on some people that have, there you go. Well, no, no, no. Woody's got over two years and, okay. and he's been with us since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He, he found me through TikTok and he was the only guy that I hired. And he's was, I mean, God brought him into this life. He's sure. like perfect, but like Madison, but Madison, is we're gonna start making her 
like weekend manager. Was she, she the one that I was talking to right here? Yeah. She's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah she's so dope. And she, like you said, I was actually the one fighting it for a really long time. We were giving her like responsibility and she was like stepping on my toes a little bit. Yeah. And it would piss me off. And I would I would like go at her and then the other night I realized it and I, I realized she's like not even doing that anymore. She's so humble. She's so helpful. Mm-hmm. She well, understands that's because we pro- like called her out on it and like gave her consequences for it. And we she, she was on a pull-up program for a long time, which is thanks for the pull-up. Anytime anyone said anything about her or had any criticism, she had to say thanks for the pull-up. Oh, nice. Or she got words for it. Yeah. So, and then I, I was sitting there and I was like, she she's ready. That's great. Awesome. I love that. I wanted to, if we could divert in a minute. Back yeah, to, this is to definitely, uh, this podcast has become like a sober living podcast. Like, <laughs> this guy's amazing. Uh, 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 what, him? Yeah, you're great, dude. You're, I, lo- I love your vibe, dude. That's why I want your number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I'm not just saying this podcast this particular one, I'm saying like the past like fifth, 20 or third since we opened the house. But this is just my life. This is, we don't only talk about sober living, but like this is a part of my life that I'm navigating through. Mm. So we've been talking a lot about it because it's interesting. These are people and their lives are changing. And we're talking about like how it's happening. And, oh, yeah. and um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty that. fascinating. I think for people that even aren't sober that might be listening. Sure. And there's probably plenty that listen to it. Yeah. That aren't. Yeah. Or, or thinking about maybe getting sober. A hundred percent. I had somebody today in the gym came up to me and she was freaking out. She was like, oh my God, like I'm the biggest fan. Like I saw your wife earlier today and I couldn't even approach her. And she's like, rather than asking me to take a photo, she's like, will you spot me? She's like, I just started working at LA Fitness. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I don't think I've ever spotted anyone. Like, my trainer's right here. Do you want to have him do it? <laughs> it was really cool. What were you going to say? I just wanted to get back to the human story for a minute because he exposed it a little bit. I was already going to ask, but yeah, started it's like, exposing it. It's like really cool, too, to have, been, to have came here from Iran at mm-hmm. age of five. Iran. Iran yeah. Actually, from Germany. Oh, really? Germany. My first language was German. We went to Iran when I was four and a half for like six months. And the kids in Iran fucked with me because I didn't know Farsi. Mm. We ended up in Utah when I was first day of kindergarten, right? Learned English in school, learned Farsi at home, forgot German. Mm. I felt different in Utah always. I'm darker. Most Persians are like olive skin, but I got this year-round tan. Persians are kind of like hustlers. Kind of like big time, lots of them. Yeah, like they like you guys are like winning. You have a good work ethic. I mean, there's a lot of Persians that are very educated. Yeah, that was the expectations in our household because my dad was a scientist, mom was very educated, but I was uh, the taboo. Like I was a drug addict and drug dealing. Like young, I, I want to say the work ethic. I want. I'm thinking like you know like. Japanese, Chinese, you know, like the Asian culture work ethic is like really gnarly. Yeah. But I want to say that like Persians to me are more like business owners and like Dentists, they're more entrepreneur yeah. types yeah. than like engineers. It's it's not necessarily like the work ethic. It's like the entrepreneurship, which is still work ethic, but it's like a different kind of work ethic. It's like work smarter, not harder. Yeah, education's first when it comes to our, most Persians. Not me. 
Right. So, so you moved to Utah, and how long were you there? Between five years old to 15 years old. Okay, so that's kind of your development, and then you came to Los Angeles? Came to, uh, we thought we were moving to L.A. That's what my dad told me we ended up moving to Costa Mesa. Close, though. Close yeah. to L.A. Close to L.A. I see. And so, like, you seem to have a lot of passion and compassion. And I'm just wondering, like, did your mama raise you right, or is that something that was beat into you, or what? Like- my mom raised me right. She She raised me with lots of love. My dad was angry and violent but also loving like he was remorseful if he beat the shit out of us he would do it he would then come and say sorry after us as in how many of you my sister and i so he would physically lay hands lots of times sometimes objects so you were scared of your dad then uh yeah there was if you were if he was pissed or whatever growing up i was scared when i was younger and smaller but then, you know, I kind of took on all that anger. Right. You get older and you're like, I'm going to fuck that fool up. And right? I did. At <laughs> did 18. You? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So you, at guys, 18, you guys actually had a physical altercation? Sure. Well, at the time I was 18, I was on steroids trying to get all buffed up. And oh. he got in my face. And this time I just kind of I didn't allow him to hit me that day. I hit him. But you did you hit him? I hit him. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to do that. That was it. Then he moved. He moved to Iran and I... Took over the apartment, and my mom moved to Santa Monica, and that was it. Like, I was already engulfed in drugs and alcohol. I also had a very traumatic event that happened when I was 17 a year before, where I was hung over driving to school in the morning with some friends, and I hit a kid on his bicycle that came out of nowhere. I couldn't hit the brakes fast enough, and the kid ended up uh, going over the windshield of my car and into this other car. I crashed, and his body went over the top and headfirst into the ground, so... That kid ended up dying four days later. His mom took him off of life support. And um, I, that was my first time I went to juvie because of other crimes that I committed on top of that. That was a vehicular manslaughter without gross negligence charge. So um, it became my ultimate excuse to use and drink more than ever. Stop believing in God. Stop believing in any kind of higher power. Was so, was introduced to AA in juvie at me 17. Too, me too. So... Did you go to Juvie or YA? Juvie. YA would have been like kids' prison. Yeah. Juvie is where I went. I was sentenced to a year but ended up being in it for a few months. Okay, so months. they weren't real hard on you because you were still a minor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up institutionalized. I, I They sent me to A. Well, what happens if you're in Juvie for a long time and you become a ward of the court? Yes. They put you in placement. Mm-hmm. And then if you keep fucking that up, they put you in camp. Yes. And that's where you stare at the wall, and they, you know, they fuck with you. And then if you're really fucked, you go yeah. to YA, and then you go YA. to prison from there. That's or whatever. right. Yep. Um, but I grew up in that until I was nine, fourteen and nineteen, and I they sent me to AA and stuff, and I identified way back then. Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what identifying was. I just sat and listened. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Like, oh, like I was like, oh shit, that's me. I right. mean, right? I, yeah. It was too early. Did you get sober that young? No, I mean, I was sober because I was institutionalized, right. but after I got out, I, yeah, I didn't stay sober. But yeah, um, fuck, that's heavy. So, how does that, how is that, how do you deal with that in your So, that was, I mean, in your mind, like, how do you feel? Are you resolved or what? I am resolved because I think a lot of my using and drinking over the years, I mean, everybody's got trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of addicts and alcoholics have mad trauma. Some people get molested, some people get raped and all that. Mm-hmm. My trauma was this, this kid lost his life as a result of me 
driving a car that morning. That's what was ingrained in my head. So just do lots of drugs so you don't have to deal with that or mm-hmm. think about that. The thing is, is um, after, what, almost a decade and a half of using and be- numbing out, when I got sober, the, that house that I went to, Siamak, was uh, skilled in psychodrama. And he did a psychodrama on me, reliving the day of that accident. And after going through the whole process in a family group where, you know, it was a multicultural group because it was a Persian sober living. Mom was sitting there. Everybody was sitting there. and Your mom? My mom came. She wasn't even visiting me the whole time I was there, but she finally came on this particular day. Mm. And Siamak had a 12-year-old kid that was one of the other residents' uh, kids lay on the ground and put a sheet over his body and said, this represents the corpse of the kid you hit on the bike mm-hmm. all those years before. Mm-hmm. Walk around the room and talk about that day. So when I did it, I went and after he walked me through the process, he said, come over here and put your hand on top of this kid. What was his name? I said, his name was David. He said, tell David how you feel about him losing his life. I said, I'm so sorry you lost your life that day. I never intended for that to happen. I said, now tell him about how you feel about you you and your life. I said, I don't have a life. I've never had a life. I don't know what having a life is like. Tears just pouring, all these emotions. Everyone in the room was crying. My mom, I looked at my mom's face, was shaking, and she's crying. And then finally, he said, all right, so what do you want to do, Pej? This is where he put me to the test. He said, what do you want to do, Pej? You want to make a commitment? I said, "Uh, yeah, I'll make a commitment. He said, what's your commitment? I said, I want to help every single addict, alcoholic of every age, race, creed, and color one day at a time for the rest of my life. That's what you said. said, I don't even, I don't know why that came out of my mouth. It just flowed out of my mouth. It was as if God was speaking through Mm -hmm. me. Right Now he's using you. And the next day I felt like a thousand pounds was lifted off my back and it was everything I always was longing for throughout all the years of using and drinking. And so I I committed myself. I fucking dedicated myself. I knew if I, if I went and used and drank again, I'd be a total fucking loser. You know, and hate yourself. My mom wasn't even coming to see me when I was in that recovery home. And so, for her to see that and see, just it was so pa- fucking powerful. Yeah, that was the most powerful it. event that happened for me in my early recovery. To where it's my turning point. It was where I decided fuck getting high anymore, fuck drinking anymore. Now I want to be of maximum usefulness to God. How long were you sober at that point? Three weeks. Wow, and you've been sober since. It's been sober since. Can I ask wow. you a question? Yeah. Like when you get. Residence in your house, do you just take anybody? Because it seems like that place, it was like, this is the last stop on the block. If you really fucked your life up, this is where you come. How do you um, deal with like someone who hasn't taken it that far, but like trying to instill the same principle? Well, I was saying this earlier. You mean when people come in at first? How do yeah, I- like if they haven't went that far down. I never know how far down somebody's gone. I mean, we get these people that are, you know, I, I just consider they've all gone that far down if they're coming to the house. Yeah. Do I just take anybody? No. I want to first know if they're on Suboxone, which I guess now we're not supposed to deny people that are on that. But <sighs> I, I don't want them to be on subs. I would like, that if they are, I'd like them for them to get, get tapered, go to get detoxed, and then come to us then. Yeah, um, 100%. You know, I, I want them to be off of that shit. That's um, crazy. They, they, fucking- they, they, you can't. They're on drug. You can't. They're on drugs. You it's can't, pretty much a drug. Yeah. You what do you mean? It's an opiate. It is an opiate. I mean, so how are we? It's gonna... an opiate blocker, but see, they know how to abuse that too. And plus, they like some people just want to stay on it forever. Yeah. But also, I want to see their level of seriousness, and I tell them that like 
This isn't your average fucking sober living. Like we're, we don't want you to come here and exist. We don't want you to come here with with a closed mind to the twelve. We we're a twelve step based house. Like we want you to. We're going to make sure you have a sponsor that has a working knowledge, and we want you to be involved in what we do here. Do you want to really stay sober, or are you just here to fucking dilly dally and then go on another run? Because if that's what you want, this isn't the house for you. So, is your house like known as the house in Orange County? Like, yes. Like if you've been fucking around for a while and you really want to try it, like come this to the, is, come this is where come you get go. some real recovery. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, I don't say it from a place of ego. I say from a place of evidence base. It's working. There's but, probably so many people that have been like offered your house multiple times and they try to take the easier and softer Oh, they'll way. be like, I'm not going to that house. I heard about that place. And after the 10th He's time, strict. they finally go. Some of them, if they make it. Right. We lost a light. I love these lights, by the way. Oh. It does add something. Uh, Man, I'm still whirling about... Thanks for sharing, dude. That's some heavy shit right there. I mean... The trauma. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, the whole Shot story. Shot yeah. Fine. And so... And then... You want to hear some trippy shit about that? Okay. When I had seven years sober, I was speaking at this meeting down in Irvine called The Wild Bunch. And after I... Usually, I always talk about that part of my story, that the kid died, right? Mm-hmm. Some dude came up. You know how they all line up afterwards to thank you for speaking? But some dude came up, and he's like... Pej, do you remember me? And I'm, I looked at him. I'm like, uh, you look familiar. What's your name? He goes, I used to sell you weed in high school. Don't you remember? And I go, is your name Jason? He goes, yeah. I said, dude, you're sober? He goes, yeah, 11 months sober. Check this out. You want to hear some trippy shit, Pej? Like that kid that you hit on the bike that the mom took him off for of life support, I'm that kid's mom's caretaker. Hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Seriously? Like, I thought, fuck, do I need to make an amends to her? Because, but I mean, it was an accident. Like, I, you know, right, right. But yeah. You know. About three weeks later, I'm at Trader Joe's shopping. Caretaker because she's she's not old even, now. She was old. Now. Oh, she's just elderly. She's old, at this and point. he's he's like taking care of her. Three weeks later, I'm at Trader Joe's, and I'm turning the corner, and I look to see him, and I wanted to go say what's up to him. And then I stopped myself real quick, and I realized. He was with her, and she was mm. shopping, and I saw the mother. This is fucking like two decades later. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, did this shit happen by accident? Like that I would... Small world is strange. It's such a small world. Yeah. Did you... <clears throat> you just waited. I just... I didn't even go over yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to put salt on the wound. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, the shit that happens in AA, like... It's Taylor, too much. It's likes. too much to be coincidence. It seems like it's right? God's way of staying anonymous, right? That's what I feel. You know? Plus, those events make a kind of person that you are. Yeah. Right. And we need those kind of people, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know you that well, but I, I get a vibe. So. I vibed and, with you the second you started sharing tonight. Your first chair. I was like, this dude's <laughs> cool as shit. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean. It's a crazy story. Damn, I wish you could come to our meeting, dude. You're like so. What meeting? This one. I, I, I live in L.A. You know that. Oh. And I live in O.C. I have a house down in O.C. that's near my sober livings, but I live in the city in L.A. Because like we. What days are groups? Uh, the home groups. No, at your house. Oh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are my oh. off days. 
Yeah. I'd like to check it out. Come down. Yeah. Really? I'd love to show you the houses. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but can he, can we sit in on a group? Sure. Wow. I would, I, do we need to get sit in on one of Chris's. You can sit in on my groups if you let me sit in on your groups. I would love for you Please. to. I would love to. Oh, it's yeah. It's a meeting. I, I, I love that type of shit. Thursday, this Thursday. Every Thursday. Just any Thursday. Eight o'clock. Let me check my schedule. Yeah. If not this Thursday, probably next. Dude, you can literally just walk in the front door. I would love to. Any, every Thursday, 8 o'clock, your you know, alumni graduate status. I would like, love to. Boom. Yeah, it's, I'd love to come check it out. Yeah, it's been awarded. You have a seat at the table. Nice. Yeah. 100%. You, Chris. Woody, I fucks with you, man. Well, you're, you're down. Where are you from originally? Kentucky. Nice. There's no drugs in Kentucky, right? Bullshit. We get them all. We get them all from Ohio. That's all I would do if I lived in that boring ass state, man. Yes. I've been to Kentucky. Yeah, it's all flatlands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, you're welcome to come any time you want to the Monday night meeting, and basically, like we, you know, like if you're here. Yeah. After the meeting and you have time, like we'll just sit down again with, I'm who, down. with whoever's here. Like yeah, sure. so we'll have like like but Sam's been on like Sam five told me, yeah. or to, to ten times. Sam's great. Yeah. It? Like whoever's here will just like Woody's been on like he'll just sit, s- jump in, you know? Nice. Like I love that. like Caleb will just jump on, like Johnny will jump in. Like we just have like people here that the conversation will just go in whatever direction and sure. whoever shows I'm up. Down for sure are there like groups? Is, are your groups all similar? Like do I don't you, know. I'd love to 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 see like I how mean, do the residents pipe in? Like they're part oh of, yeah, they're part of the our residents are, are are. I mean, some of the groups that we have, like we we want to see where people are in the recovery. Often, I'll tell them like, listen, I don't even I don't even have to have daily interactions with you, but I know exactly where you are in your recovery. Mm. Just based off of a few conversations, or what the management tells me, or just just seeing like how active you are, or how active you're not in the recovery process. Mm. Like if I see you at a meeting sitting there as a potted plant, not saying anything mm-hmm. week after week, mm-hmm. it tells me a lot about how much you really, how serious you are about building your community, how serious you are about. You know, when I see somebody that's fucking just got done working their fifth step with their sponsor and they want to go and share about that in the meeting, that shows me a person that's on the path of recovery. Because the fuck, I did my fifth step with my sponsor today, and this is what I got out of it. That's 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 recovery. Yeah, you but know. when I'm when I'm asking, like, so when they have a, you'll see, but when they have a group, like they'll be focusing on one person, and then other residents will start sharing about that person, what they're noticing, and what yeah. yeah. And it's pretty interesting. I've only is been, it, I've only you group them? Is that times. what you guys do? <clears throat> yeah, they, I mean, they group each other. They group each other. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, and 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 the part of, part of the problem that we we were having like last week, and it got like really gnarly, and like the house kind of had like a. I heard about. I don't know. I just don't know what happened. Something Lots of emotions. I well, I think one of the staff went a little hard or something. Is yeah, I, I, to be honest, was it Woody? No. no. Huh? But I don't really know. I, happened, I, I said it earlier in the podcast. Michaela. Yeah. Okay. He, he went, and, and I think you know he he's actually realized that it's time for us to sort of just be on our own. And this happened with Jason too. Jason was another Liberty House guy. They go. They, they, they come from that. It's pretty gnarly, mm-hmm. and it wasn't co-ed there, right. and they. 
it's hard to do anything but what you know. So yeah. So they've both kind of been like, you know what? Like they, it's so funny. Remember when Jason stepped back? It was the night he fucking had two people leave because he was yelling at him and like saying like Jose was like he kept talking back and we, and, and and then Jason stood up and was like two thousand words. 5,000 words, 10,000 words. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, bro? This fool's about to just leave anyway. Mm. And he just left the next day. So our thing is like, is there a way to keep him here? I don't know. But like that was that night. And then that was the last time he ever came to group because he felt bad because he kind of went too hard and Mm -hmm. people left. Like that was like money like that just walked out the door. Not Mm -hmm. only that, we like Jose, you know, if he's got though, right? No, but see, the thing is, is that they, they needed to go. Oh, and so did the two people who left that night when Michaelis was doing the group. That's true. But so the way they, the house works is like if someone's toxic for the yeah, community. Then. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. yeah. But the point I'm making is that they, it's not their house, and I'm not that gnarly. Mm-hmm. So they kind of stepped back because they felt like not fully supported. In going that hard. Mm. I see. Which, to be honest with you, nobody really should be going that hard but me. Like, there was nobody going as hard as Larry. Like, I just don't see n- that Like, working. the owner should be the only one yelling and kicking people out. Because people out, yeah. they're the only one that should be doing that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know about that situation or what you're, what you're saying, but as the owner of a place, I sometimes... <clears throat> Some shit will happen where I do go too hard or I raise my voice. Right. And then when I do lose them, like they take off, I think to myself, maybe I could have gone about this in a different way. Right. Not because I want to, like, obviously it's a business too. You have to, like, keep the doors open. But but also, um, maybe if I would have said it like this, or maybe then sometimes I'll just be like, maybe that person just wasn't good for this house and that needed to go down exactly yeah. like that. And yeah. that's why it went down like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 It's hard to know, but... It's, it, the, 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 and this person that left, um, I, 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 the past two groups, I wanted to stand up and be like, dude, you're fucking disrespecting everyone here. And I, and I, and I didn't. I sat there and I like held, I, I suppressed my ego. I was like... I didn't do what I wanted to do, which right. was stand up and yell because I should be able to have enough humility to like not freak out. Not freak out. And I didn't. And, and it was so hard because dude was just sitting back there and like just like being like super standoffish and disrespectful. He was literally like, whatever, Pat. Whatever, Pat. Like, you know everything, Pat. Whatever, dog. And I like got this full job with Greg. Mm-hmm. Like he works for – like I, I hooked him up with that. I hooked right. him up with – opportunities here and there and like we've been so it, i i but i didn't i didn't stand up i didn't I, but i but it just happened i don't know it's it interesting like i've had some, some of the guys that manage we learned some something though some of the guys uh. that manage the house for me like um one of them actually told me a couple of times he's like Pej, i don't agree with everything that you do and how you do it but like i know like this is what this is your thing so i have to support it and i the first thing I think is like, well, what the fuck is it that you don't agree with? So I know, <laughs> like, make me aware of what it, I mean. You went through our house, so you everything. And I used to have to break him down. That that guy, right? Like, so 
it worked for him, but like sometimes it doesn't work with many. And if they take off, then they take off. I know one thing that when they take off, they might be like, "Fuck that place, fuck that house." But I know that if I'm doing this stuff for the right reasons and trying to help people build structure in the recovery, I know I'm I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. And if you don't see that, maybe one day you will, and maybe one day you won't. Yeah, yeah but you're doing your best, basically. You, you know what I'm Is realizing right now? What I should have done? Sorry, you're doing your what? best. I should I should have been like, you know what? It's all good. Like you don't have to be. You don't have to like. You know, change your attitude. You don't have to sit up here. I'm, I I was asking him to sit from the outfield. I was saying, can you come sit up here? And he just sat there. He didn't listen. Like it's fine. You don't have to move. But if if you don't want to move from that chair to this chair, you're you're, you're gonna have to. It's gonna be five thousand words. Yeah, that's what what should have happened. I don't have to yell. It's just there's gonna be a consequence. For not being willing to like sure. sit with the group. Did he take the five? I didn't even do it. Oh, I just sat there it. and like took his attitude and and I was like worried about like not being an asshole because the whole house felt uncomfortable and the mm. whole house felt like empathy for him. Mm, that happens. But that's not supposed to happen. Especially a co ed house. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So bro. hard. Women's emotions are it's gonna be different. That's why I feel like I'm. We're learning. Well, that's what should have happened that night. Hey, Amen. I guarantee, if like from a women's perspective, if you look at him and you say, "Listen, come up here and sit," or you can go out the door, they would see that it was just his ego. Right. So it's interesting that you that this just got brought up. So I had just a co-ed house and then an older men's house at first up until February. When I closed down the other co-ed house because I decided not to buy it from the people, I opened two houses simultaneously. I had a woman that was helping me run the co-ed house before who's a fucking gun. She's amazing, right? But sometimes she'd sit in some of the groups when I would do what I did with people, and I don't think she necessarily agreed with my style, right? Uh So then when I opened just two separate houses, I let her run the co-ed house, which she still does. She's amazing. She does a great job. She's got her strengths and weaknesses, but she is who she is. She does a superb job. She's like everything I needed. I couldn't have done it without her. But when I opened the men's house, what was interesting for me was to be able to go to the co-ed house still and see her interactions with those people and then go to the men's house and be able to do a lot of fucking shit that I wasn't able to do there when she was in the groups. In other words, because it's a whole different dynamic when it's all men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was able to then fucking get the point across better and they don't feel embarrassed in front of a bunch of women. It's so different. You know, that are going to fucking. That that one especially. There's that too. Like now I'm just like, that's all I can think about. Yeah. When I'm in dinner or when I'm in a group, all I can think about is her. Because that's like the, my bratty little daughter who's resentful at me. Who? The, the girl that just walked down here. Oh. She's like, you know, you know, I don't know if you have a daughter that's 18, but like, I don't. I, I kind of do now. They kind but, of become like our kids. Oh, my God. And Especially she's like, here, I think she, she, she knows I care about her. She knows I want to help her. And she, I think she cares about me. I think yeah. she like knows, I think she like knows this house has been really good for her. And I yeah. think that she knows that. I I'm definitely play a a, a a a special role in her life, you mm-hmm. know, 
Um, but she's like angry and resentful and she's like, um, you don't, you know, my voice isn't heard. You don't give me, you interrupt people. You don't give me enough attention. And it's just victim complaining, poor me. And it's just, um, I don't know though. I feel like, I feel like we're going to have like, I feel like we're going to have like a breakthrough. Yeah. And you know what the breakthrough is? What? Madison. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying me and. No, Madison's going to bridge the gap between you guys. Like she's going to like do it from the female perspective and then she's going to open up and then we're going to be like, oh shit. See, see, that's why we, (laughs) that's why we're excited to have Madison become, um, one of the managers because she can like, she can get through whisper, I guess. No, no, she can be doing groups with us Mm -hmm. and she can be managing on the weekends and she can be the female the bridge between the, us and the females, and 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 you need that for a house like this. Yeah, oh, for a co-ed house, you do. You need that. You know what, dude? We haven't had that, and we also don't have any females that are seniors, except for Madison. Right? Is she NBC? None of them make it. Yeah. None of the girls make it. Yeah. So she's the first person that's made it without a female manager. And now hopefully, now that she is a female manager, we can have more girls make it further. Yeah, it doesn't work. You know, I, I want to say this, and this is wow. what sad, this saddens my heart. But, And I'm not saying this to sound like a misogynist or anything like that. I have seen less females yeah. in the recovery process make it through a lot of things. I mean, I, there's a lot yeah. of women I see that are members of AA that have worked the steps that are sponsoring women. But like in the sober living setting, yeah. in the treatment setting, I don't see a lot of women like yeah. truly make it. Through well, you know, it's not just, it, of, but honestly, it's not just, it's in a lot of walks of life. Like there's just somehow there's just more men um, than there are women. I got to be careful right now. But like, um, you know, like if you go into an establishment, right, is there going to be more? I guess now they're like making a conscious effort to even that out. It depends. But in recovery, there's probably five times as many men in recovery. Absolutely. Than there women. Yeah, so that's absolutely. That's just that's it's just that's what I'm that's why I'm making it a point of like simple like math. It's not I don't know if it's yeah. that's necessarily it's has simple to do math. I think. Are there more men in the world? No. And women? It's pretty much 50 In LA, 50. there's more Where are women all the women? Men. The women are just like, are they like. <laughs> um, well, it just in recovery, there's more men. And in yeah, prison, but there's, there's more but men. But there's also like more men. Yeah, in prison, there's more men in the entertainment industry. There's more men. Where in, are all the women? That's what I'm saying. I'm like <laughs> tripping on like. Come on out. Um, yeah, well, there's more women at like the yoga studio. Mm um, there's I think more there's women probably, in nursing. There's a lot more women in nursing. Yeah, um, but like uh, the the women here are in the recovery. Um, yeah, like like we have like the master bedroom is for the girls. There's how many beds are there's like I enough. saw that room. There's That's, enough. Yeah. yeah, it's plenty. Yeah, the, yeah it's plenty. well, yeah, but there's just like it's like there's ten. I don't know if there's an exact number. You know, it's just well, no, but there's like you know there's room for. Two times men for one part women in right. this house, right? There's room for 
to 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 you know there's two two parts men one part women right one, yeah two to one yes yeah. ba- almost yeah in my co-ed house it's a trip like last year i had more men than women but all of a sudden there was like this spurt this last summer oh really where i had to like move people around and make it was more women how than, many women to men how many there's i mean there's 14 beds so i think more recently i had like 10 or 11 women and just a few guys so what's the most people you've ever had in one of your houses i mean i've had an 18 bed house that was full you know wow yeah this is this is gnarly well you got a lot of room here it's yeah a big but, house but my but, houses are big okay but, but, but this is big yeah but that's yeah that's that that gives us the ability to house them mm-hmm. but then now we have to deal with them Right, so we literally had a lot of people. 25 people here, 24 people here last week, and it was like... But you have staff and you, and I mean, how I many mean, staff members well, do you guys have? I mean, it's me, Woody, and Mikey. And what's her name, Madison? Yeah, but she, she was. she's not really staff yet. yet. She's in, she's and M- Michaelis was around helping, but not really like on the floor. Yeah, that's a lot of people. For just me and Woody? That's a lot of people. <laughs> I mean... But see... I, I kind of feel like I, you guys could handle that. It's not that. Hard. Yeah, no, we do, but like, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of like driving. It's a lot of personalities. Yeah, but like really like driving people to work. Oh, you guys do all that? Well, if they we don't have a car, it, it, that's that's awesome. If we well, the it, senior members step up. No, if if what are you smiling about? I mean, Caleb's driving. Madison and Caleb are driving all the time. You know, Woody's driving. We're is talking it one van, or do you guys have like different vehicles? One. No, but well, no, we have a we. Ha- I have a fifteen passenger. I saw that when I pulled Some I, residents that, have their own cars too. That, so. that that van's done like five U.S. tours, like in my from my band. Oh, oh, before. Yeah, because I, I was, thought you meant more recently. I'm like uh, already. No, well, why <laughs> would, like a three year old's no three year old's nose still. Well, why why would we be doing U.S. tours? <laughs> Oh no! I thought you meant like the amount of distance that it's driven. Oh no! Like it's like it's gone across the U.S. Like five well, I, times. I, I replaced like, the transmission, but like no, I've I I, I towed a a tr- first. We just toured with it towing a trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, first I towed a trailer in my in my Escalade, and then I got that van and I towed a trailer and we did like tours in that mm-hmm. before I started my production company, and then we used it for that, and then. um now we have a druggy buggy, but like the people in the house have cars, so they drive each other places. And, but um, but yeah, it's we're we're I mean we're managing it. So Pej, what what do you have some goal, some like ideal you're trying to achieve, or are you doing it, or something you'd like to see happen? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm always trying to set goals for myself. I you know this Caleb! this whole thing of opening a detox residential. Because I've worked in the treatment setting so much and put so many people in other people's detoxes, and because I was having some issues with the city, I decided to to uh, license my place. That that's a goal. Oh, for the treat for uh, detox. Yeah, for a detox residential. That's definitely a goal. That's in the works Stop. right now. That's in the works, and also I want to f- uh, clean a little bit of more of the wreckage of my past that's been haunting me, um, so that I can travel the world freely. And let my businesses kind of run themselves. That's kind of... Oh, it's a personal thing. You want to see the world. I want to see the world. I mean, I haven't... At this time, I'm not allowed to leave. I can leave the country. I wouldn't be able to come back in. Mm -hmm. So I'm 50 years old. 
I have the same do the same thing. I don't want to work as hard. I want to even just small trips. I'd sure. like to take. You know, just around here or something. Absolutely. Yeah. How old are you? Fifty one. So you understand? Yeah. We pretty much seen the same shit. Like we lived in the same era. Yeah. Yeah. But I really want to. You know, I want to go travel the world. I want to go see the Orient. I want to go all around. You know. So you have the money and the time. You just can't leave. I can't right now. So that's. Definitely a goal. <laughs> like, I will not be complete in my life if I don't go travel the world. I want to go to Tahiti and fucking not have a phone. You know, just just take some time. Did we get it? In the meantime, I can, like, go to Hawaii and pretend like I'm... Are, are you married? you have kids? I'm not married. I don't have kids, but I have been hanging out with a girl that's finally... It's really, like, in recovery and living spiritually, and, and she's cool. It's It's pretty fresh and new, but... She's right really, really cool. Like, I love hanging out with her. That's awesome. Good for you. I'd like to have the same thing. I, I had a thing, but it broke up over a year ago, and I have a kid now, but... I heard oh. you say that earlier. You have a daughter? Yeah, she's eight. She's just nice. a kid. So, like, we... He... The past year has been, like, the most... Well, two years now has been the craziest journey for him and me. And um, we, I filmed so much of it, and um, it's all. And we made a show, and there's eight episodes. And you and him, me. I didn't make the show, but I'm in it. He's in it. His his him him getting kicked out of his house, living at my house. Um, you know, walking through. I mean, bro, in episode four, like your face I don't is even like. Want to watch it? It's like it's you. You he lost so much weight because right. of the stress he was under. Mm-hmm. But it really was, and his hair was long, and then he cut it. He like he, you became a new man. It <laughs> was, it, but it, all the catalyst was this like crazy. Do you know Astrid from Primetime? I love Astrid. Okay, so we loved her too. She's gnarly, but she flipped out in my kitchen and threatened to kill someone. And I got it on film, and it's in episode four. Uh, I mean, I'm not she surprised. She left about that my either. house, yeah. called his wife, and. His girl, his baby's mom, and and said some stuff about him to her, and she never let him come home again. Oh, he lived. Well, that's not cool. No, it's very, very much not cool. And look, principles before personality. I mean, I know Astrid in the AA world and a little and bit she's outside of that. Epic. She's epic, but but that doesn't surprise me. Me and Astrid right. were, were very close for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like me I don't think I don't think I anyone was closer to her than me, him. But she's major prime time, and she destroyed his life. And yeah, I'm, I know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be talking about people. We already have multiple times on the show, and it's in the show. And the show is, like, I think, like, my, my, like, masterpiece because I filmed my whole life for a year, and we, like, put together interviews, and it's, like, the most transparent, honest show, I think, that's, like, ever been made, honestly. And there's <laughs> stuff in there that's, like, Super. I don't like watching it. It's too personal. I don't even want to see myself or any of the shit that went down because it's very heavy. heavy I mean, shit. I don't think anyone has ever filmed things that were that like vulnerable about. I mean, me and my wife. It's not just his story. It's me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Are us navigating the quarantine and the whole OnlyFans thing and like my production company and like um op- looking for play looking for uh houses to open the sober living mm-hmm. the dynamic between my family and what that looked like and um you know me getting grouped by liberty house and put on non-com like it's all in the show really? like i filmed the group i did with them 
You got to yeah, film some weird that? Shit I, I was in my own house doing it on Zoom. There, there was, was a ten graduates CBD incident. Yeah, yeah. There was a CBD all of it's incident. in the show. Really? I feel like yeah. if you watch this show, you'll try. How where do I see it? YouTube. Learning, okay. Learning to lose. Oh, that's where it's at. It's well, it's on my page. There's a there's a playlist on my YouTube channel. Yes. Called like Learning to Lose and Have all. Have you had anybody go out accidentally on CBD stuff? Yes, like relapse. Well, like no, they didn't know. Like, they the guys that I've caught that had THC in their system knew damn well what they were doing. Okay, okay. through vaping. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy now because there's a lot of people doing a lot of shit and they think it's okay. So and- like Billy, like my buddy made some CBD and I was like taking it. He was like, "There's no THC in this. It's really helped me with my inflammation, and my stress. It's like a great thing." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like, you know, so I, everyone's doing CBD." Like, he's a sober all, guy too. Yeah, made it. yeah. I've got a few friends that are in that business. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll check it out." Sober like, people. And and I'm like, "Oh, cool. I'm I'm checking it out, and I'm like interested." So I bought a couple other ones with no THC in them, um, and I I was like, I noticed like one day I was at Ridge, and I was like, "Dude, I feel." the emotional part of when you're high, like it it was almost as if, you know, I was emotionally feeling the effects of being high Mm -hmm. after having been sober for 11 or 12 years, which was like, I was like noticing your humanness. And like, I was super like, whoa, I was like in the moment. And I was like, you remember how it felt? Well, you were I, just I got freak. a high dose all at once, so I felt... No, you didn't. You had, like, multiple doses where you didn't feel anything. Oh, yeah. And then that one night, you felt something... Because we did more. Which, was a, which, 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 ...which is intense, only because we've been sober for as long as we have been. And our body is, like... It's like almost like deja vu because we smoked weed for so long, and we but now we know, haven't but felt I it. definitely was high So I was noticing time. this effect that I, I was like, whoa, is this... What, <laughs> cbd is supposed to feel like because i wasn't like high i i, I didn't and i never done cbd for mm-hmm. so i was like what is this like so I, I was talking to him about it and i was posting about it mm-hmm. and i was like yo I, there's no thc in this like and there was no thc in it or at least i was told right um so i wanted to run it by my sponsor and he was like oh it's you know it's probably just a feeling of what th what cbd does which is it's what it feels like to not have anxiety or something. And I was like, I just didn't get it, dude. I didn't get it. You were telling me this stuff, but you weren't saying I feel high. You were saying no, I, I feel was, emotionally. I, I, I blah, was blah, saying, blah. I was saying that actually. Well, I was when, saying, when I was saying it feels like I'm high, but like, well, I still not, but it's I still not, didn't get it until you dosed yeah. me. And then I got it. So this, so him <laughs> feeling this is on the podcast and I posted an Instagram video about it oh and yeah, astrid, astrid saw that instagram video out. and she uh, like thought i was like purposely trying to get him high like it was taken sort of out of context she didn't realize that i had been posting about this cbd journey that i was on mm-hmm. trying to figure out what cbd really is and why am i feeling this way and um she tripped out about that but then like larry larry got a hold of that situation and grouped me on it and i'm on youtube talking about like this is how i'm feeling and i'm putting it out there to the world and i'm asking people like is this how you're supposed to feel and i feel like it's not really like either i've found the solution 
and this is incredible and CBD can like literally like save my life, which people talk about that mm-hmm. online. So I'm thinking, whoa, this is what it is. Right. I'm not like high, but something feels like better. You have mm-hmm. less anxiety. And you're something. in the moment. And I went on like interview, I went on like meet- business meetings with my partner, Tim, and I like wasn't irritable with him. And I was just like, it really was like amazing, bro. Mm. But there must have been traces of THC. Huh? There must have been traces of THC. Oh, absolutely. In it. Absolutely. Because like, and, and, and then I expo- My sponsor told me I might have to tip start my time over. I, I really don't care. I mean, I, I don't two know days, about that. 10 years. So, so you intending to get high? No. I, the moment no, you have I to had start no over. idea. Right. Neither was I. I mean, I've, I've taken a fucking shot of, of vodka in a club because I thought it was my water. Right. <laughs> and it got me a little buzzed. Right. I'm not going to start over my time. I've even yeah, asked my yeah, sponsor, yeah. do I need to? It's like, yeah. did you keep drinking? Yeah. Did you intend to get high? Oh, no way. I keep so they grouped me over that, and um, it's all on the show. Oh, man. That's exciting. Now I got to watch it. No, it's crazy. And this is the type of shit that, like... I was pissed, dude. Even it happened during a podcast that he did it, Mm -hmm. and I had to hold back from, like, being a fucker, fucking dick, because I was like, this motherfucker dozed me. And then we were talking to this crazy motherfucker. Right. Who's, like, a super, And I was about to go. Was it right here? No, it was at my house. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even have a sober. I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, you be, guys were doing the podcast. I wouldn't there. be even was like a year going anywhere near that if I owned a sober living. Yeah. This at the time, I was just like in my home, and you know, we wouldn't be experimenting. I wouldn't be like giving him CBD to see how if if what he felt was what I felt. Here, that's crazy. Yeah, but like where I'm in my kitchen, I'm at my house, and I'm like legitimately thinking that CBD is like. A miracle. Um, what is Too it? Too bad it wasn't, huh? Well, I mean, nice a lot of people talk about it like it is. I mean, and I've taken, and I don't feel anything from CBD. I don't either. Like, I thought maybe it would help with my But my whole thing is, like, what's the point if you don't feel anything? Yeah, it's so expensive. So that's why the feeling I was feeling is something that I thought was what it was supposed, what it's to, supposed feel to do. Like. Yeah. It's, so, it's so weird, though. Oh, you felt it too when you I, bought the gummies from the store. Yeah, and I called you. I was like, and it said, I don't feel well, What high. the fuck does it make you feel like? I don't know. Yeah, it's I hard to explain. Know. It's like, a, it, no, I'll, I'll, let me explain oh, it. So you had this. Uh, it's all the parts of like being high. It's, it's, the emo- it's none of the parts of being high except for the emotional contentness. Like, mental. It's like you're not like ah, it's, yeah. It is kind of hard to explain. Really? So you think maybe there wasn't THC in there? I don't know, bro. I was tripping. Like I was, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't no placebo. It was like you were really feeling some shit. Oh man, I like. Were you laughing night. and shit? Huh? Were you like laughing and shit? Was no, it psychoactive? I my entire life while I was trying to sleep. <laughs> man, that, no, it was man, weird. Like, THC in there. I don't. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. that's dangerous about CBD, and that's what I've learned. And yeah, that's you can what never. Really, you don't really know. And that's what I've been. That's what I talked about to my following when I was going through that. And Larry was like, "So you're basically out here in AA, being like you're like experimenting, and you're like the guinea pig." And I was like, "Pretty much." Are we talking about Larry the Liberty? Yeah. Okay. And he's like, "Don't you see something's wrong with that?" And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Like, somebody's got to do it. 
I'm sort of a guinea pig too. I mean, no, no, somebody doesn't have to do it, but my friend who I trust, who's in AA, gave it to me and was like, and it was like vetted. And I was like, I had never done it before. And I was like feeling something, but I didn't know what it was. And it was like, yeah, anyone, my advice to anybody would be like, if you feel that, like, just stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I should have done. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking to my sponsor. I'm posting about it. I'm talking to all the other people in my community. And it actually was really helping me. Because mm. at the time, I was like, I, I don't know. I had a lot of anxiety. I was like stressed out. I was irritable. I was like, mm. I don't know. It was just kind of a lot. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I, Can I, you be honest with us? Yeah. Do I need to wear this thing? No, you don't. All right. I don't. Um... Just fucking lay it on. I just feel like CBD honest. has been. I mean, I have a friend right now, the person I told you I've been hanging out with, that she's all up in that business. And she. You mean that's her financial. That's income. her financial. That, that's how she's making money. And um, I don't want to hate on CBD, but I feel like it's been. It's been popularized so much in the last decade, and so and I guess you know to each their own. Maybe it works for some people. Maybe it serves its purpose. Yeah, I know if it has THC in it, it depends because like they have the topical CBD. Uh, that's, it's supposed to be anti-inflammatory. That's why I did it. It's yeah, supposed to help you like with joints yeah, and things like that. Yeah. So if that's the case, fucking give it to me all day long. Because oh, no, that's the thing though. Like I was at the pharmacy. I was like. The topical stuff, I like fucked my neck up and I couldn't move. And I asked her, I was like, zero THC, zero THC. She was like, yeah. I rubbed it on the back of my neck and then I was driving home. And you felt high? No, but it's this weird thing where like my mind is just constantly racing. And on the way home, it just goes silent. Maybe I shouldn't do it. (laughs) It just just goes silent. I mean, after hearing this stuff, I don't think I want to touch it. But that's why... I well, why felt, don't you keep doing it? But it here's the so thing: well. is like, it, see, this is the thing that Larry and the people at Liberty House don't understand. Like, I'm sharing my experience with people so that we can learn the truth, not just with that. I was already doing that with my marriage, with my sobriety, with mm-hmm. my business, and that's just who I am. So when this started happening, it was like, okay, what? is really the truth behind CBD. Yeah, well, we were curious too because many people in AA are starting to use this yeah, shit. Yeah, nobody wants to fucking... and all kinds of shit that's like... Like microdosing and all that? Yeah, yeah all that. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about any of it. But it's happening they're, they're a afraid lot of getting judged. Culture. They're afraid of this. So I fucking talked about it and right. I was open and honest about it and I stopped doing it. Yeah. Uh, like as soon as that night happened, it was like, okay, cool. Like my sponsor co-signed this. It's not chill. Is he your sponsor? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, but and he's also... you know. So, I mean, I think based off of the experience that happened for you guys, it's a learning experience. Yeah, 100%. You, know, you get to learn from the experience. And if you, if it made you feel funky or, like, not good, I wouldn't do it again. Well, I, no. it made it It's made, making me not want it. Well, it made me feel good, and I wanted more the next day. That's yeah. not yeah. good. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so, you know where, where our heads could yeah, go Yeah, I wanted that. more. I wanted... Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's not good. Because <laughs> it'll, it'll never be enough. I know. I've heard multiple exactly people just be right. like, I don't want to fuck with it. But what, yeah. I'm on, so you got stuff from the pharmacy, you rubbed it on your, and you had an effect. My effect whenever I do CBD is it just, my brain is just like finally silent. But doesn't that feel great? Yeah. 
So why don't you do it every day? Or because or... you're not getting high? Because it's, it's tricky. Because that like kind of is like the emotional or mental effect of getting high. I think. Fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. It's tricky, man. But that's why I just stopped, you know. And now I have multiple years. It's the, now we're here. We're sitting here multiple years later. I haven't like gone off the rails. Like right. I was able to no. stop in the same way that when I was prescribed um, my drug of choice, Norco, for mm-hmm. my uh, surgery, or something. surgery for my collarbone and my rib surgery. I was able to take that as directed, and I felt high. I felt the effects of Oxycontin, Norco, um, and it, that's uh, it was suppre- It was excruciating pain. Yeah, for, um, in my ribs, and, but it, the pain went away. But I also felt the effects of opiates. Right, and I liked it. You know, but you didn't yeah. keep doing it. No, I yeah. did it as prescribed, and I threw it away. Good. I actually was talking to Michaela. He was my sponsor at the time, mm-hmm. and I threw the pills away at a show I was performing, and I my my. Ribs were still kind of like, I'm like, hmm, I can kind of still feel it. Yeah. Maybe I should take these mm-hmm. last two pills. It gets tricky. And he's like, no, are you in pain? I was like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, just throw them in the porta potty. And I did. And what I performed the show. <sighs> and I was like rocking. And it was like kind of uncomfortable, you know? But like, I just threw them away, you know? I may have went a little squirrely when I got my teeth worked on. But the doc- I told the doctor, and he said, look, here's what you got to do. Just take it as prescribed. Don't wait and then double up or some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that because yeah, yeah. then you get in trouble. Even if you're not in pain, just take it as prescribed. Yeah. So it's gone, he, he, you're done. Here's the thing, yeah. dude. Yeah. I, I, I think it's very, I very it, hard. I felt it felt great. It's hard to do these things, okay? But it's possible if you can be completely honest with yourself and your sponsor. Whoa. But being honest with yourself is hard for some people. For me, I'm able to do that. And I'm well, able to get honest with other people. In real life, you have to. Like, I have, val- I have Valium right now. I've had it for years. I'm not even going to say who gave it to me. And right. <laughs> because I have vertigo. And if I take a little two and a half milligrams, it, like, calms it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but, you, but, but, but just anybody out there listening, if you're struggling drugs with drugs and if you're in recovery, like... Don't do that if you're Don't new. do anything unless you're, like speaking to your doctor or your sponsor i mean this stuff right, is really right. that's, really that's really scary really i mean could you imagine going out over some shit like that so the reason i didn't do the cbd when i like when my brain finally slowed down i didn't feel physically high was because my mind automatically went to like i'm not on antidepressants but it's always been like a question for me like should i be my mind always went to like went to I don't need antidepressants. I just need CBD every single day, and this is the answer. Mm. Exactly. CBD. That's exactly what my thinking was behind it too. Yeah, because that's what what it was at the time. I was getting off my antidepressants, or I had just got it was I was something with the antidepressants that I was dealing with. What does your lady friend think about CBD? And like, she's all for it, and and I was like, this um, is, I mean, this is all, she's this is all I need. Yeah. Since she got into the business, but I also noticed been educated from by a lot of people that advocate for it, so she right. understands it yeah. more. She tries to explain it to me, and I'm I'm open to listening. 
but I do want to be very careful yeah. of uh, what Maybe I'm putting in my body. Time, the first time, yeah. and it was two times. You know, just in case. It was three times. So, so she's a normie? Here no? Like, oh, she's in recovery. But she's she uses full, CBD or no? I don't even know. That she, I think she... Like right now, I'm having the mental Minimally. Issues. I don't <laughs> think she like is a major user. I think she's more about <laughs> distribution. Right. Oh. About what? I mean, shoot if it would help my... What, CBD I, yeah, or... Whatever, I'm not touching that oh, shit. I'm going to meditate and breathe. Let me use the rest real quick. I want to do the. I, I want to work the program. That's all I want to do. All right, let's wrap it.